The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Locked in to the latest episode of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com right now. Stop what you're doing, type it in your browser, and check out Phil Goyette's latest climbing the rookie ladder, breaking down rookie pitchers and prospects. You're going to love it because Phil Goyette's as good as they come. It's episode 93, the Yimi Garcia edition. It's the midweek edition of the Palazzo Podcast, and your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier, are going to talk about getting gombered. What does it mean to get gombered? Find out on today's show. We'll talk about players returning like George Springer and players saying goodbye like Jazz Chisholm. It's going to be May. Who's going to bust out in May? Which profile is a falsehood and which one's a reality? Who sucks now but is going to kick ass in May? Let's find out today on the most badass fantasy baseball show in all the realm. Take it away, boy! Into the Plaza Podcast. You are listening to the pod or watching live on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook Live. Preferably YouTube if you like the live stream version. I'm Michael Govier. I am the co-host of the show along with Christopher Deary, the other co-host. We are rocking and rolling on a Wednesday night here. Our Tigers got postponed due to inclement weather. Bogus weather happens in Chicago. Probably not far away from us. In fact, it's pretty cloudy and dark around here. Even though it is 9 o'clock at night, it would be dark regardless. But... Yes, bad weather is upon us, dearie. Are you nervous? Uh, do you like thunderstorms? <laughs> I enjoy thunderstorms. I was terrified of them as a child, but I enjoy them now. Oh! Too, bad the ti- too bad the Tigers got postponed. We're looking for a little winning streak. Get two in a row. <laughs> as they beat Giolito last night. That's funny. They had no 
fucking business winning that game yesterday. It was so dumb. It actually pissed me off. I'm a Tigers fan, but it pissed me off as a fantasy guy because it's just it's absurd. Why is Giolito throwing 114 pitches in an April game against the Detroit Tigers? Why? Yeah, you have a really nice bullpen. A lot of those guys have been sitting the last few days because they've gotten some really good starts out of their out of their starting staff and they just left him on the bench and Giolito goes a little too deep into the game. And I mean, credit to the Tigers pitching, which has been, you know, I would say average to maybe above average during the season, but yeah, Urena somehow pulled out another like start out of his ass and Tigers pull it out somehow. So dumb. It's so, what is Larusa thinking? I mean, you don't throw your ace 114 pitches in an April game against the worst team in the division. Larusa's old school, man. He doesn't care. Well, that's the problem here. It's already rearing its ugly head. It looks like this is a bogus connection between La Russa and the White Sox team because they were growing and becoming a new school team yeah. of the 2020s. Meanwhile, they got a guy who's like almost 80 years old who was <laughs> managing in the 80s. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was a little confused by the hire. Like, La Russa's a guy that, I mean... Does he go more than one to two seasons? Like, this is a team that's going to be competitive over the next decade. And you pull in this old timer who's been managing for close to 40 years oh. now. Like, come on. Like, how long is he going to stick around there? And you want to go with a more new school guy, and that's not what's going. They had to go with the old timer. I get it. He has a pedigree. He's won some championships. But, you know, what is he, 77 years old? Like, Jim Leland's not coming back to manage anybody. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. It's. <sighs> okay, whatever. It's just one game, but even Giolito said that he was gassed, and Larusa didn't know his own pitcher yet. I know it's his first year, but he's been in the bigs forever. He should have a clear understanding of what his pitcher's strengths, weaknesses, length of duty, and how long they can go, what type of hitter they struggle against, what type of lineup they struggle against. He should know all of these things going into a season. You had all spring training to fuck around. Well, did you ask Lucas G. Leo any questions about, hey, uh, you know, what's your <laughs> limit? When do you get tired? He There's, literally said that he was screwed up last night. LaRusso admitted culpability. There's no reason to do this in April. Like, unless the guy's got a no-no going, like, there, there's no reason. It was, what, a 2-1 game, and, the, and then he stuck around and gave up three runs and a couple home yeah. runs? Like, there's no reason to do this in April. This is a team that's going to be super competitive, and they're probably going to win the Central – if they can catch the, the Royals who are somehow playing really good baseball, like, <laughs> you need to start thinking about August, September, and October, not April. It's the Tigers. You pull them and you still probably win that game. Dude, the uh, twins are way behind right now. They're not playing the, well. In the AL Central, they were coming into today. They were 7 and 14, and the twins were seven in games back of the Royals already. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I did not pick the Twins to make the playoffs this year. I thought they would have some struggles. Oh. And, the, and the major struggle has been Kenta Maeda. Again, last night, everyone was excited for his start last night. I know you were, as was I. And same old shit. He's giving up home runs. Everything's being left over the plate, and he had another rough start. Very depressing. Yes, very, very depressing. I admit that freely. But let's move on from that. It's a new day. It's going to be May. It's almost May. We're here. We made it. We're going to have a new month, new opportunities. We're going to talk about players who are struggling right now, and they may turn a corner. The profile looks one way, but is it a permanent change or not? So we'll talk about who's going to bust out in May because every month, baseball's a weird game. In fact, sports are a strange environment because every month, there's always somebody who takes off. Like There's some people who are just connected to the calendar. 
And they're like, all right, it's a new month. It's the first of the month. It's a fresh opportunity to start fresh and go big. And it's it's like clockwork. We've seen it before. I remember there was one year, I think it was Pudge, Ira, not the original Carlton Fisk. He hit like 500 one month for the Tigers. He was just <laughs> killing it. Seriously, this was back in the heyday yeah. when they went to the World Series and such. But I remember he literally hit like 500 in one month. He Amazing. just killed it. It was a great month for him. You know, it's like J.D. Martinez last night in the press conference, and he's a been absolutely murdering it he's a top 10 fantasy player right now uh the the media was asking him like you know you've been able to bounce back this year you had such a rough year last year and he goes no i had a rough two months last year he's like that would never happen in a full season and yes there was covid and there were some limitations on him watching video but like he was pretty fucking honest about it like hey i had a bad two months that happens to a lot of players in mlb and now he's off to this hot start and people are like surprised by it like I, I, I should have focused in on him more in the offseason because it just doesn't make sense. Like the guy's had a track record here six, seven years where he's batting close to 300, 35, 40 home runs, a ton of RBIs. And he's batting in a lineup that he's got some studs behind him with with Devers and Bogarts and Verdugo has been really good. But it's like he had a bad two months last year and he's off to a hot start and somehow people are surprised. I, I don't think that should be the case. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about players like that. What can you be surprised by? What should you be expecting? What will happen in May? We'll give you our best guess. We'll also talk about players that are coming back on the scene. Return of the Mac, of course. Random musings and name that runner-up fab bid. Everyone's favorite game show. It's one of the fastest-growing games in America and the United States, the world, even in Asia. They love this game. Seriously, they're huge fans of it, and we're going to play it again today. Of course, we are part of the Roto-Fanatic Podcast Network, which means that you got to read Phil Goyette's latest article. Phil's latest rookie ladder is now available on rotofanatic.com. Phil knows rookies. He loves prospects. He's really a prospect guru. You know, who doesn't love a good guru, right, Deary? The love guru. No. Remember that movie? Mike Myers return. Are you shitting me? I absolutely. I sadly saw that movie in theaters. You were excited about it. I remember you're like, dude, love guru, man. Mike Myers is back. I'm pumped. Well, I was doing a lot of different things back then. I was dating a woman with a child. Uh, It was a weird time. You know, things were different back then. (laughs) So good. Uh, (laughs) We learn, though, when we grow from these mistakes, we learn and we become better for it. And hopefully Mike Myers learned to never, ever do what he did in Love Guru. Because he actually, you know, speaking of, uh, what's his face? He's in it. Justin Timberlake's in that movie. I never I never saw the movie. It's gonna be May. I never saw the movie. Yeah, he plays a hockey, he plays a French-Canadian hockey player for the Maple Leafs. It's really weird. It's actually kind of fun, <laughs> but uh, it has hockey in it, which is cool, and the NHL's involved, but it was very, like... Interesting. It was poorly done. He was basically, like, racist, but he wasn't trying to be racist, but it's not a good look for that movie. Love Guru does not hold up. Fortunately, Mike Myers... Moved on with his life, and hopefully he's living comfortably in Canada and resting easy. Uh, at any rate, yes. So, Phil, I did not mean to tie in the Love Guru. <laughs> article now. Phil, sorry. Love sorry about that. He's a guru. Yeah, he is a guru, but he's a good type of guru. Uh, his 2021 pitchers to watch are currently updated on rotafanatic.com. And here's the top five, just to give you a little sneak preview. Okay. Ian, Ian Anderson, Trevor Rogers, Casey Mize... Sixto Sanchez and Michael Kopech. Those are his top five as of now. And he updates this weekly. So, and he also gives you insight. So I just gave you a little teaser there, but you can find out more of the goodies related to some of these players. When you go to rotofanatic.com. That's good. Kopech's looked pretty good. Ian Anderson, uh, 
13 scoreless, 13 and a third scoreless innings in his last two starts last night and then last week against the Yankees. I do own one share of Ian Anderson. He's looked really good lately. Ian Anderson was fantastic yesterday, and I owe a debt of gratitude to my mm-hmm. partner in crime on the tag team. Fantasy draft. What the hell? Is, I hate, it's such a wordy title. The tag team league. It's a fucking uh, tag team league that me and Eric Cross do together. So Eric Cross demanded that we draft Ian Anderson. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a, for it, but he's looked really good. So yeah, I'm, I'm really imp- I'm really impressed with his fastball because his fastball just sits low in the zone on the inside middle of the plate or outside the plate, but it's low. So he's going to induce ground balls. I think he's maybe giving up one or two home runs right now. And if he can just keep that fastball low, he's got an excellent changeup. And yeah. he, he, he's been really, really exciting early on. There's something that Braves really need because that that uh, starting staff right now is a mess. Who's a mess? Starting staff for the Braves, man. Yeah, Huascar Enoa. Yeah, one yeah. good start, one bad start. Charlie Morton got Charlie bombed Morton's the so other sad. night. I yeah. mean, I would, Drew Smiley, you believing in him? I, I think he started today. I haven't checked in yet. <laughs> they Drew need Soroka Smiley. to come back and, and uh, help them out and be dependable. Uh, Guile started my friend Steve Guile that I went head-to-head against this last weekend, who I beat. I beat you, Steve. Fair and square, 6-4. to four, Solid victory. Not a major victory, but it's a victory. He started Smiley on Saturday, and that did not go well. So... That's what happens when you start Drew Smiley. We, me and Jerry tried to warn everybody. No, uh, no, stay away. Yeah, run the other way. Stay away from Drew Smiley. They, people just they can't help themselves. I can't help it. myself. Uh, we also I got a new song to debut that'll be coming up shortly. So uh, we'll see what's wow, we'll exciting. see how this one goes. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. I owe a debt of gratitude to our friend Brian Seymour of the now it's called Roto Wager Podcast, and Brian had a good idea. And that's all I'm going to say. I'll save it for when. Is the it Creed? Out. It's got to be Creed. He loves. No. Tool. <laughs> he loves Tool. He, he loves, loves Tool. Tool. Too. Tool is his favorite band. But uh... Uh, okay, so I promised Kalen Prescott, who actually I was going to get into the Mr. Belvedere. This is the house some housekeeping going. Yeah. <sighs> the good old piano, Mr. Belvedere, always makes me comfy. on the china. Then it gets Never all goofy. It sounds all simple and comfy. <laughs> Anyways, Kalen Prescott. Message me. Kaylin says he's watching right now. Hello, Kaylin. I assume you're a dude. I don't know. If you're a woman, Kaylin, I apologize. Whoever you are, Kaylin Prescott, he had a great question. And it was about DeGrom for Trout. My pitching is absolutely stacked, and I need a batter, a big-time hitter. He's got DeGrom, Glasnow, Giolito, and Castillo, our buddy Huascar Inoa, and he's got... Severino, Noah Syndergaard, and Sixto is stashes. So he's got a mm-hmm. shitload. There's a shitload of pitching. I believe uh, it's a 10-team league based on our conversations, by the way. Uh, but the bottom line is, would you trade an elite bat for an elite pitcher like that? DeGrom for Trout? No. You wouldn't. No. I'm not trading Jacob DeGrom. I mean, I always go by the ethic of if a guy is performing that well for me and a guy that has a track record like Jacob DeGrom, he's been the best pitcher in the majors for the last four or five years. I'm holding on to him unless somebody comes through with like an amazing offer. Is it Trout and another player? Sure, sure. Maybe you'd be ripping him off, but like I'm keeping a guy that's that much of a stud. I'd look to maybe trade some of those other guys. I mean, DeGrom, unless he gets hurt, like this is what we're going to see all season long. I haven't checked in tonight. I know he's pitching again tonight, but this guy's like the number one fantasy player in baseball, and it's just dependable. Like, you you know, if he's starting, he's going seven, eight innings. Maybe he gives up a run or two. 
maybe, but like the guy's the guy's the ultimate. And I understand you you have a glut of pitching and you want to get rid of you know you want to get some value you want to get a hitter coming back your way but maybe you trade num- your number two or your number three i don't trade Degrom for anything right now i just don't what do you think mike uh i think it's contingent on what you have I w- i'm never closed i don't shut down entirely to any deal and kaylin our friend of the show here wants to know if Trading DeGrom for Trout's the right move. We mentioned all the pitching Kalen already had, so there's a lot going on there in terms of support. Glassnow's amazing tonight. Giolito, even though Tony La Russa doesn't know how to treat him, still a great pitcher. Uh, Luis Castillo's a mess. I'm actually, I think he'll figure that out. There's either an injury or this is just like yeah. a terrible April. Yeah, I've been toying with the fact of trading for him, but I can't seem to really find the right offer and what I want to give up. I mean, mm. going back to the DeGrom for Trout, like it's a fair deal. Like you're not going to be upset with it at all. Like Trout's going to be great for you, but are those other pitchers on your staff going to be able to be reliable the rest of the season? These are all great points. I think in the end, uh, if you get a guy like Trout, he brings so much comfortable peace. There's comfort. Harmony. Yes, there's so much there's comfort. Such- there it is. For, He's, you just yeah. put him in the lineup without fear every day, and it's fantastic. Yeah. It's great. And now DeGrom does the same thing generally. DeGrom tonight had only nine strikeouts in six innings, giving up three hits. He gave up one Terrible. run, too. Trade him. One run. Trade him. But, of course, he didn't get any fucking run support. He's down one nothing in the eighth to the Red Sox right now. This guy's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he's going to win, like, 120 games in his career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the new – he's what Felix Hernandez could have been. Yeah. Hernandez, Felix mm-hmm. tailed off. As yeah. long as the ground doesn't tail off, mm-hmm. then yes, you're right. I agree. Uh, all right. That's our thoughts on that trade. Kaylin, we welcome everybody's thoughts on your trades, uh, possible moves, your roster decisions, anything on your mind. We're here to help. We love to help you. That's what we do. And Kaylin has another great trade scenario that I'm going to ask you in a little bit, but I want to get to okay. other thank yous, some other debts of gratitude and moments of clarity. To say thank you to following us. We have new followers on the Palazzo Podcast. That's two L's, two Z's, of course. And we want to say thank you to Chaz Sample. Uh, Kalen is following the show now as well. Uh, Richard Sands. Thank you. I got something to say about Richard. Eric Driscoll. Sammy at Sammy Salso. Sammy. Oh, shit. Sammy Alsado. I'm sorry, Sammy. Thank you for following us at Palazzo Podcast. Eric Minsler at Mint Sports. Thank you for following the Palazzo Podcast. And then thank you to Robert Isles, Anthony Gialdi, and Jeffrey Orbagoso, which is a great fucking name for f- subbing our YouTube channel, which all of you can do. Palazzo Podcast, two L's and two Z's. Utah, give me two. That's simple. Thank you all for the follows. Uh, Richard Sands said he got Ryan Weathers for 17 bucks in his family. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. tagged you the other day about that. That was a Got steal. It. I mean, <laughs> we were talking triple digits for Ryan Weathers, which did happen on Sunday, but he got a steal at 17 bucks. So congratulations to Richard Sands. Yeah, excellent move right there. Uh, we'll get into some fab results later on. And I want to talk a little bit about Adalis Garcia's biceps later as well. You seen this guy's biceps? I haven't, no. Jesus Christ. We're looking a picture up of it right now? It's fucking Schwarze- it's Schwarzenegger-esque, man. I don't, I don't want to peg anyone for taking supplements, but I've never Uh-oh. seen arms like this. That is quite the statement, my friend. Where did you see this? Uh, he was being interviewed on MLB Network. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to look. I'm uh, Googling 
Adolis Garcia's bicep, and I'm not getting like a clear shot right now, so I might have to research this further, but I definitely take your word for it. It's um, dumb, dude. If he gets yeah, popped in the next month for some type of bust, 80 game suspension, then we'll, I mean, we'll give you full credit. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that at all, but Jesus Christ, this guy's got this guy's biceps are like my thighs. Good lord. This guy's monster. I mean, he's a monster. He's a strong dude. He's 28 years old. You know, he's in that situation where he's desperate uh, enough. He's trying to become more regular. Yep, desperate, 28. <laughs> These are wild, wild accusations. <laughs> yeah, we're making wild accusations. This is not cool at all, but yeah, yep. that's all right. Uh, I want to say shout out to Peter Pratt, too. Peter's a big fan of our show. He also has his own show, The Roto Brits. He's a monster, Marlins fan, and he's been doing more of his own videos on Twitter. And I want to say, well done, Peter. I'm digging the videos. Keep doing it. It's good stuff. Uh, not everybody's a Marlins fan, but everybody loves the British. They're just so sweet and sensible and reasonable. So <laughs> there's no reason for you to not be doing those. And uh, thank you to Alan, not Alan Sturrett, who is a big fan of the show. But hello, Alan Sturrett. How you doing out there? Alan from my home league, BYB, bless you boys league. He sent a message to me this morning. says he listens to the podcast all the time, but he doesn't get to watch the live stream. And I said, that's cool, man. We appreciate your support in any way that we can get it. Thank you, Alan, so much. And then he had a couple thoughts about his own team, which, uh, you know, it's amazing, dude, that people ask us our opinions on stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's weird. It is. I mean, we're, we know what we're doing, but it's not like we're super experts. There's not a lot to this. Anybody who's out there saying that they know, like, way more than you, that's, they're full of shit. I'm not buying it. We, we are intelligent. We've played this game for many, many years. We know what we're talking about, but... It's not like we have some secret code. No, there's no reason anyone else can't get the same exact information that we get. I think a lot of people just want to kind of hear our opinion on things. And, and I do the same thing. I ask a ton of opinions on things that maybe I'm, you know, waffling back and forth on. So it, no. more than anything, it's just keeping the conversation going about fantasy. And that's what we love. Well, I love asking other people's opinions, too. That's the thing. The more opinions you can get, the better. But sometimes it becomes too much and you get a bit overwhelmed. So stick to the people you trust the most, like a core four, something like that. Oh, there you go. But Alan wanted to know about Gavin Lux, who actually came off the IL uh, yesterday. He's back in the lineup after the wrist injury, a short stint on the IL. Do you feel Gavin Lux is going to be a player who produces? Or would you rather go with somebody like a Willie Castro in terms of playing in the lineup this week? Uh, Willie Castro versus Gavin Lux. Where do you come out on those two players, Deary? Oh, I mean... They both have been pretty disappointing so far. I mean, I think they're both the same age. I know Lux is 23. I think Castro's maybe 22. But, yeah, they've both been off to really slow starts. They're not getting on base enough. I think both of them are barely getting over 200. And Well, Lux was okay. Well, he got hurt. You know, that's So I'm going to give him a pass. He was okay. But you're right about Castro. He's been much worse. He's been struggling. Yeah, he's, he's been starting to get it together lately. I mean, the, the issue is, is that the lineup that Castro plays in is like, what are his opportunities to grab some runs or some RBIs? With Lux, if he can get the playing time, even if he bats near the end of that order, I mean, that's a really, really nice lineup, even though they haven't been playing that great lately. There's yeah. going to be guys that are going to be able to knock him in. He's going to have RBI opportunities. He, he's had a hard time. I mean, he's striking out pretty much the same he's been the last couple of years, but he's not walking. His eye has not been very good at the plate. And it's just whether or not the Dodgers stick with him and he continues to get at bats. If he gets the at bats, I, I think he's the guy over Willie Castro. And, you know, I do like Willie Castro. I think he's a good MLB player. I don't know what he can give you fantasy wise though, right now, especially if he can't bat over 300. Damn! 
Those are some strong opinions from my pal Chris Deere here. All right. I like Willie Castro. I didn't love him as everybody was hyping him up in the preseason. He got a little too hyped out for my taste. But I like Gavin Lux a little bit more because Gavin Lux is the man. Gavin Lux is the lord of prospects. Forget 2020. He was sick. He got off to a bad start, and it just went to hell. And they just threw it in the shit heaper. They said, forget it. Let's move forward. I but mean, now, if, bo- if both guys time. are completely healthy, I think Lux has more power. He has more opportunities for RBIs and runs. They probably have the similar speed where, you know, ceiling is maybe 10 stolen bases. I mean, Lux batted over 300 many times throughout, you know, double A and triple A. Yes. And yeah. I, I mean, the ceiling for Willie Castro in terms of fantasy is that you hope he bats 300 like he did last year, but he's not sniffing that quite yet. Hmm. By the way, your wife's here talking shit. She says, just popping in to tell my husband he's going down this week. Oh, Booyah! I am playing her. I am playing her in a head-to-head this week. Um, She's in in third place. I'm in seventh place in this head-to-head league right now. 12-team right now. I got bombed last week by my dad. Old Larry put the boomstick out on me. Come on, Larry. Larry knows what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, so I'm playing Christina this week. Uh, I I got the edge right now. betting 448 through two and a half days. So the offense has finally started to pick up. Well, you better turn around before your fat one is low. Oh God, that that, hey. war- that warms my heart. Thank you for yeah. thank you for playing that. We're finally overdue for some Harwell. I was like, man, we don't have any Ernie Harwell on the show, and it's so important that Ernie Harwell. I mean, we're Detroiters, born and raised. We grew up with some of the best broadcasters around, and when you can throw in some Ernie Harwell, it's a good day. Remember when Shem Beckler fired him? Of course I do. Yeah. That was uh, the Tom Monahan days, the guy who owned Domino's Pizza back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Apparently, they had a handshake deal over a napkin. That was like the contract, and then it turns out that was bullshit. And uh, or wait, no, Schembecker got hired basically with a napkin agreement, and then he fires <laughs> Ernie Harwell. Something like that. Something dumb happened. And Bo Bo Schembecker worked for the Tigers for a year. What the hell is so going weird. on? That's how powerful Bo Schembecker was, though. I mean, the guy was a king. Bo Schembecker. Those of you who don't know, for some reason, he was coach of Michigan football for 20 years from 69 to 89. He basically built up Michigan to what it is today or what it was actually what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) He fired Ernie Harwell. I'm sure he regretted it. I'm sure we could find audio where he'd be like, I don't know what I was doing. I was, I was drunk. Who knows? I don't know. But Ernie came back and he finished on his own terms. And then he retired. (laughs) I think 2002, he retired after that season, but he came back when the Tigers got good in 06, just to kind of pop in and say hello, which mm-hmm. was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd bring him in like the fifth, sixth inning, and he'd, he'd be in the booth for a couple innings, and then he'd just like take over and announce a couple uh, at-bats, and you're like, oh man, this is this is amazing. I mean, I grew up listening to the radio a lot, um, so it wasn't as much Harwell, but God, man, Ernie Harwell and George Kell, and then George Kell and, uh, you know, K-Line on the broadcast calls in the late 80s, early 90s, was so good. Dude, there's no doubt about it, my friend. I am with you all the way. I love me some Ernie Harwell. And we hope out there, those of you that don't know the Tigers, you're not local Michiganders, you didn't grow up with Ernie Harwell, just know that Ernie Harwell was the shit. The guy was the man. He always had something beautiful to say. He was so poetic. And I'm not big on, like, kissing broadcaster ass, but there's just no way. He was it, No way. He was it. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. (laughs) That's a classic right there. That was his line, man. Okay. Well, Ernie, we love you. You know that. Everybody out there, we love you guys, too. Thanks for supporting the show. Let's get into leading off. 
It's real simple. We get into our first catch of the day, and that's going to be, for me today, this is, I'm making it a little more personal. Good. Our first catch of the day. Brady Singer had a great outing against our Tigers over the weekend. Looked fantastic. He's really looked much better since the first start of the season was not so great. He was off to a bogus start. In fact, uh, a guy uh, who's following us, what's his name? I want to give him a shout out. Frank. Yeah, Frank Olenek. Olenek? Frank Olenek. O-L-E-Y-N-I-C-K. Frank! Olenek. Like Kelly Olenek. It does. It's kind of like that, but it looks like Ole. So Olenek. Olenek. Frank says that he loved that. He followed followed us because he loved that. So, hey, that's awesome. I think it's cool when people call out players because it gives you a testament and kind of a, I don't like a, I don't know, a foundation of where a player was or where they're going. And when he retweeted the tweet from April 4th that said, right now people are dropping Brady Singer because of a bad start, that just warmed my heart and reminded me of the fact that Brady Singer is a guy that I've invested in heavily this year, Mm -hmm. and I feel very confident in it now. That's my catch of the day, Brady Singer. He's amazing. As do I. I love Brady Singer. And sure, he'll go through his bumps in the road during the season, but... He's only going to rise from where he is right now. I have him in a dynasty league. I have him in a redraft league where I took him as like my fifth starter. And I think by the end of the year, he's going to be a solid like number three for you. He, he's done a great job limiting base runners the last three games. So his last 18 out, 18 innings out, just three walks with over 20 Ks. He's got 20 Ks in the last uh, three starts. And sure, he went against the Tigers, but the start before that, six innings, no earned runs against the Blue Jays, which the Blue Jays are really starting to come come out and be very powerful the last few games, especially last night. Brady Singer's a guy who was on the rise. We've talked about it many times on how he could have been the number one overall pick instead of Casey Mize. He went, I think, yeah. 16, 17, 18th. 18th. He went 18th overall. This guy was a stud in college at the University of Florida, and I think he's I think he's going to arrive by the end of this year. And he's a guy that like, he's going to give you value in a redraft and it's dynasty. Like go out and grab him right now. He's going to be a real, real special pitcher for the Royals. I love it, man. And I'm sorry. I didn't express that very well. Frank retweeted an old tweet of mine from April 4th about Brady Singer when Brady had that shit start. And now Frank was like, Hey, look at this now. Looks like uh, good times are happening and people jump and panic too early when they drop players. And that was the whole point of it. So I want to make sure I did that clear. Because it's important to me to make sure everything's clear to all of you. You know? Don't you hate when you jump in on a broadcast, like a radio broadcast, dearie, and you don't know what's going on? Like, the guy won't tell you the score. <laughs> like, you're waiting. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah. uh, you don't know. Sometimes I know we live in an internet world where it's very rare that we can't yeah. know exactly what's going on. But once in a while, I think it happened on a Michigan basketball game last month uh, during the tournament. I ran up to the store. And I wanted to throw it on real quick to check in. It was early on. It wasn't like the last game. And I'm like, what's the score? He wouldn't say the score for like three minutes. I'm like, what's the score? Yeah, because Matt Shepard doesn't do the Michigan games anymore. He's a damn Matt Tigers Shep. announcer. Shepard. <laughs> Shep was well, good on those calls. Yeah, it's weird to hear him on the Tigers still. It kind of freaks me out. But yeah, it's weird. in the spirit of weird, it's time for the new song of the day. I put this one together. Shout out, like I said, to Brian Seymour for being the inspiration to the genesis of this song. 
yes, it's about Brady Singer. So it's going to be very obvious what it is. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And what do you say? Here we go. Here's the story of a kid named Brady who was selected by the Blue Jays in round two. But the team had medical concerns. So he went off to Florida by himself. As a gator, he became a hero. And he led his team to the College World Series. By then, he knew that he'd outgrown them. And he was all alone. Till the one day when the Royals found this fellow. And they knew it was much more than a hunch. That soon, he would develop a third pitch. And his fans would all become the Brady Bunch. The Brady Singer Bunch. The Brady Singer Bunch. That's the way we became the Brady Singer Bunch. Pow! There it is. That's five stars right there, man. That's five out of five. Oh, awesome. Good. Yep. You knocked that, you're... You knocked, that one's knocked out of the park for sure. Hey, all right. Your approval is very important to me, Deary. So I'm really glad that that one came off well. And there was no weird broadcasting in it either. So happened <laughs> last time. It yeah, was so <laughs> it was an obvious reference. Brady Singer, Brady Bunch, uh, easy enough. But uh, thank you to Brian Seymour. That was the genesis and the original inspiration. I love it. It was a great idea. I love Brady Singer, and he was drafted by the Blue Jays in 2015 as a second-round pick out of high school. But there were, they didn't say it blatantly, but when I dug around, yeah, there was medical concerns that he wasn't, he could be hurt. The way he was throwing, his mechanics led them to some concern, which happens a lot with high school players, and that's why they go to college, because Mm. they think they can improve their value, and that's what happened. And like you said, he could have been number one overall, and the Royals paid him $4.25 million. And the bonus, which was one of the problems, right, because he wanted more money than a lot yeah. of other players. Mm-hmm. So it was a good call. I think it was a great call. And he was I mean, he won the World Series. He didn't just go to the College World Series. He was a winner. They beat Champion. LSU. Yeah, world College World Series champions over LSU back in the day. So Brady Sayer, keep up, man. Keep doing what you're doing, and I'll be looking forward to the good times ahead, man. I'm going to be keeping you, hopefully, come end of season. All right, some other random musings from this past week. Uh, Austin Gomber of the Colorado Rockies, formerly of the Cardinals. He was a part of the Nolan Arenado trade. Gomber had a shit outing this week, and everybody seemed, on Twitter. It seemed like everybody picked him up. I didn't was, pick him up. He was the hot name this week. I didn't pick him up. I didn't believe in it. It's interesting because you called it a couple weeks ago that he'd have a decent start against the Dodgers. And you're like, this is a little out of left field, but he might have an okay start against the Dodgers. And he did. And boy, he got gombered the other night. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. I don't know who technically coined the phrase. I saw Ariel Cohen did it on Twitter. So Ariel, I'll give you credit. But somebody else came up with gombered. Uh, That's cool, too. But we really want to start using gombered because that is perfect. It's a perfect way to describe how you got screwed on a a streamer, a two-step starter for the week, anybody. Anytime you get screwed in face fantasy baseball when you don't expect it, let's call it being gombered. So <laughs> watch out for those gombers. They're going to get you. And I think this is actually funny to me because this is actually the point where you pick up a guy because no one's going to want him now. Ah. It's, I know it sounds stupid, but at the lowest point possible is when you start to take a flyer. Always. It's just... Fantasy Baseball 101. That's how I see it. That's how it'll always be. And I know that you want to get your share of every opportunity with every player before, you know. That one is long 
gone. I just keep working that in. I'm going to keep doing that the whole show. You want to be that guy that's smart, the guy that picked him up right before he got going. Yeah. Well, Gomber got Gomber Gomber a lot of people. Friend of the show, Steve <laughs> Guile, wanted me to bring back Benoist, uh, which is a Benoist. Benoist was a term that me and Steve used to say when we were younger in our 20s. And it's after famous actress. Juliette Benoist. <laughs> that's right. Very good, dearie. Excellent. I think she's French. Are you guys watching Chocolat? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. Everybody, yeah, talk a lot. Uh, it's so funny how they make fun of that movie in I Love You, Man. You ever yeah, seen that? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just wildly enchanting movie, yes. Everybody wants to make fun of Chocolat, but they can't help themselves. They love it. Yeah, Juliet Binoche. Binoche just sounds like a good way to get, like, dissed. Like, oh, I got Binoched. Totally Binoched. So I'm going to leave it out there to you all. Either choose Binoched or Gombered as a way that you got fucked. <laughs> you can go either way. It's your call. Gombered. Got Gombert, got Gombert. Other pieces of information that are worthwhile. Uh, Jazz Shoes Home is on the aisle. Sad day. Uh, yeah, I, was I, bummed. I was bummed Who to get that news today. No! I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not mad at Jazz. Shit happens. You know, it sucks. Did, did he injure his hammy on that stolen base where he, his arm kind of got jacked a little bit and then he got pulled out right after that? Because I was surprised that it ended up being a hamstring today because I thought he hurt his arm on that slide into second last night. And I got the notification today that it was a hammy. You know how it goes with these hammies, man. They're everywhere. Hammies will ruin a season. They, they can really, really distract you for a while. No doubt about it. So. It's a total uh, bummer. I mean, he's a guy I picked up in my 16-team head-to-head. I picked him up about three weeks ago, right when he started really picking up. He's got seven stolen bases, which has been just, like, seven. amazing because I did not go after stolen bases in this league. I don't have anyone else above two stolen bases. He's been able to hit for average, batting near the top of that Marlins lineup, and it just sucks. He's just another guy that's going to head to the infirmary. Oh, man, I'm sorry, buddy. It's not cool. It's not fair. <laughs> But, but now I can play Jorge Polanco. Jorge Polanco hit a home run today. Jorge That's Polanco's right. undervalued. He's, Jorge he's, Polanco's going to have a great May. He, he's batting under 200 right now, but he's the guy. May is yes. his time. Yes, dude. I'm telling we're, you. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. but It's going to be May. Ryan's in the house. Ryan, good to see you, buddy. Ryan's been a regular on the stream. He found the show recently. Ryan, we appreciate your support. Ryan, hope you're doing well tonight. If you got any questions, you can, of course, Throw them our way on the Hey! It's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. I want to go back to the trade that Kalen brought up earlier mm-hmm. that we didn't get to. And I found okay. this one to be really intriguing. I was actually sitting there early this afternoon, puzzled over it, thinking like, hmm, what would I do? What would I do? So Kyle Tucker for Mitch Hanniger and Cedric Mullins. Which side of that deal do you like? Oh, man. So you got a guy who just hasn't lived up to his draft value right now in Tucker. I mean, he was actually dropped in one of my head-to-head leagues. and fab bit. Yeah, oh, he, was, he, was, he was dropped in a 12-team head-to-head last week. Marcelo Ozuna was also dropped in this league last night. That's dumb. It, Ozuna hit a home run tonight, by the way. So. Yeah, I got a fab bit in for him right now. And I also had a fab bit in for Tucker, and the guy bid $1 more than I did. So I did not end up getting Mr. Tucker Shit. and Hanniger, who is leading off for the Mariners who are over 500 and competitive out West and yeah. Cedric Mullins. The question here is, is this Cedric Mullins thing for real? I think the Hanniger thing is for real. Cause we've seen it before, but can Cedric Mullins do this over a full season bet and lead off for the O's? 
I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, he very much could. He's already been somebody who showed flashes in 2019, I think it was. When I was living in Baltimore, I heard his name thrown around a few times as somebody who was coming up the pipeline. Mm -hmm. And I left by 2019, so I really didn't get a chance to watch him. But there was positive regard for his efforts and the way he plays, uh, the park he plays in, which is always mm -hmm. exciting. Mm -hmm. I love Oriole hitters and the AL East. I think what we see from him is also a guy who could be a, Maybe 2020 guy. Maybe. Maybe that's a little too strong. Maybe a 1520 guy. I don't think he has the pop that you want. He's not known for his power. He never was. Mm -hmm. But he can steal bags. I mean, he he's sold got, 30 bases in the minors in a single season once. He's got a 433 Babbitt right now. <laughs> Holy shitballs. That is I mean, a lot. Uh, th that's got to come back to earth. And yeah, he's not going to hit for power. I mean, the he's got three right now. The ceiling is probably double digits. He's only got, Good. he's got two stolen bases, but he, he's shown that he can steal 20. And like you said, uh, five years ago, he stole 30 in single a, but I mean, there's no way that 433 Babbitt holds up. I mean, is he a guy that's going to bat over 300? I'm not sure that's going to happen, but he is at the top of a, Baltimore lineup that's been able to be competitive and score some runs. I mean, Mancini's been uh, decent. Okay. Look, I, I'm not blowing up your spot here. I actually thought the same thing. I would I would have said that this morning, but I started to look at their overall team stats. They're pretty yeah. shitty. They're, they're, <laughs> it's they're recency bias because they scored four runs against the Yankees last night. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, there's moments where they, this is what they do. They lose two out of three in a series, and maybe they'll take the one game and, like, score eight runs. And then the rest of the series, they won't do shit. And that's yeah. not consistency. That's the problem. I've seen them do that a few times, and their OPS overall as a team is, like, in the 600s. It's not great. And I know okay. that doesn't mean individual players aren't producing, but mm -hmm. I, think, uh, I think I'm concerned. I'm a little concerned about some of those players. But Cedric Mullins and Hanniger right now, they look like a better combo. But Kyle Tucker... He's being drafted as a top 30, 35 overall guy coming into the season by people who know their shit, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So could we really be abandoning ship this soon? I don't think so. I, I think wonder if you, I wonder if you could find somebody else besides a Cedric Mullins in that deal. I'd be okay. I'd be okay with Hanager, but you, you you obviously probably if you want to win that deal, get another guy. Yeah. And I'm not sure Mullins is that guy. You don't think so? I don't think so. Not over a full season. It's hot right now, but he also could be a guy that's dropped in a month. <laughs> okay, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Hey, I think Kyle Tucker has too much talent and value, even on the yeah. surface. He has too much value where you can gain. Now, in this trade, it would be our guy, Kalen, being offered Tucker for Hanniger and Mullen. So he's okay. he'd be okay. getting Tucker. Ooh, okay. I think you would. I think you take Tucker. I, I I've thought about it a lot. I really like Hanniger a lot. I do, mm -hmm. but I th I don't know. I don't know. I think that's. I actually think that's a wash. I'm really thinking about it all day. Hanniger and Tucker, they're like the same player, could, except Hanniger could hit for a better average. It really could be a wash right now. Will Hanniger steal bases? That's if because Hanniger used to steal bags, but to, so far this I'm trying year, to bring up Hanniger right now. So far this year, I don't think he's. Uh, been hitting the bags and the Marlin or Marlin, the Mariners are a team that are supposed to run and no steals so far this year. In fact, no attempts either for Hanniger, which post nutsack injury, you know, he had the hernery, the, <laughs> post what was exactly nut the injury. Yeah, post nut 
testy. I mean, it sucks. I mean, what a terrible, terrible thing to happen. But uh, yeah, I think if Hanner is not running, then Tucker will give you that steal factor. But Mullins can also steal bags. So why would you trade for Tucker if you have Hanniger and Mullins combined into a better player than what Tucker is? Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I think in terms of batting average, I think over a full season, Tucker and Hanniger probably ex- extrapolate out to the same thing. They're, they're, they're similar players. I think Hanniger was extremely undervalued going into the season. Well, look, I just want to make sure that people understand this because we sometimes forget it and we get really starry-eyed and rose-colored glasses, but... It can. And I don't want you guys to be stuck with the shit. So make sure you keep asking us your questions. Send them in to Palazzo Pod, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, and sub our YouTube channel, Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's! Utah, give me two. All right, uh, let's move ahead here in this leading off segment and move on. Uh, Jordan Alvarez possibly exposed to COVID again. He was pulled out of tonight's lineup as a precautionary measure because he might have been sick. He was already on the COVID list with that one thing that happened (laughs) 10 days ago where five guys went on the IL at once. Remember the Astros mess? You got Dusty Baker who's wearing like a medical gloves in the dugout, yet this team can't avoid COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. That's a good point, dude. They're, is... they're just like this old fucking boomer. Screw this guy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dumb. God, it's so dumb. Uh, Atlanta, by the way, is going to be allowing full stadiums starting May 7th. So at Truist Park, 41,000 plus will be live down there in Georgia. Beautiful Georgia. Nice area. Uh, all right. Anything else I want to mention here? Uh, Javi Baez has not been playing because of a hammy issue. I don't know. If it's a hammy issue, I don't know how he avoids the IL. I really don't. I know he didn't play tonight. He's missed the last couple of games. It seems like you should start preparing for the fact that Javi Baez will hit the IL because hamstrings are a bitch. Is it because he batted left-handed in that one game? Is that how he hurt his hamstring? <laughs> did, did you see that know. last week? I did see that. Yes, I did. That was against uh, La Tortuga when uh, uh, he came in, wasn't it? He came in to pitch. Yeah. Or it might have been another position player, but yes. That's no, why. it was uh, Astudio. It was okay. It was La Tortuga. Yeah, he came in to pitch, and then Javi said, "Let's make this fair. I'll hit left-handed." Dude, like, come on, man! I think there was a couple guys on base. He 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 got good wood on it. Hit it out to left center, and it was caught. You know, probably twenty feet in front of the warning track. But it's like, dude, if you're a fantasy owner and you're like, "What is this asshole doing, man?" <laughs> Go yep. up there and just sit on a forty-five mile per hour, you know, floater and put it out of the park. Oh, I, I, I think that's kind of that's bush league, man. It is. He can't hit either. Like, he hits home runs, but he's not hitting well. It's all or nothing with him. So he's not yeah. – it was really arrogant of him to do that. It's also fun. I do like fun. So I don't know. I'm not going to be too pissed about it. I I don't like when the game's uptight. So I, I see your point, but I can also see the fun side of it. Game was out of hand. be different if he wasn't struggling. <laughs> yeah, I know he hits home runs and he steals bases, but that's all he does. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Ryan says, with the toothpick in the mask for Dusty Baker. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, like that's funny little hole for the toothpick oh yeah right. dusty's got to have that the toothpick hole let that toothpick breathe god he's probably had some stank ass toothpicks in that mouth once upon oh a time. my god uh one other thing i wanted to mention to y'all bobby witt jr is starting at double a just want to let you know in case you hadn't heard so double a and triple a are gonna get going here shortly because it's a new month and it's gonna be may so witt's gonna be playing a double a i don't know if that Changes anything for anybody, but I wanted to make y'all aware in case you missed it. All right, let's talk. Return of the man. Return of the man. Return of the man. 
guys that are about to make an impact. Either of them might get called up or they're coming off the IL. George Springer! The return we, of we, George Springer. We get to see him finally in the New York uniform. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> You're not one. excited. Well, I don't have any shares of him. I know my wife's excited because she drafted him uh, pretty hey! early. So he will be back for the Blue Jays. And, uh, well, he played nice today. Little- he went over four. Oh, yep, drop him. Trade him. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Now, that's going to be a nice little punch for the Blue Jays offense. Yeah, uh, George is going to have a period of adjustment. Uh, it's very, very likely. You know, the beginning of the season, he'll probably... And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. That's going to happen. George strikes out anyways. That's part of his profile. But that lineup is just even better. A negative, though, is apparently Rowdy Telez was sent down. And some people were pissed about that today. So I don't know if that bothers you. I don't have any Rowdy Telez shares. Don't give a shit. But for those of you that do, sorry for your loss. Yeah, there's just no room for him right now. Randall Gritchick is, you know, playing good enough to stick in the lineup, and it's a veteran bat. They don't have many veteran bats besides Simeon there, and obviously Vlad Guerrero is going to get every opportunity at first base. So it's like, what are you going to do with Rowdy? I, I understand he's a left-handed bat, but, I mean, you got Vladdy at first, and who's D- I mean, Springer's going to DH for them probably to start out, right? Absolutely. Especially with the coming back from the injury, he'll yeah. be the DH all the way. And they got a glut of outfielders. You know, they got Guriel and Biggio. They got plenty of players. They don't have a shortage. But that will also be an issue for Alejandro Kirk in the battle for playing time with Danny Jensen at catcher for the Blue Jays. Kirk yeah. is clearly the better player. But... I didn't realize how big Kirk was. <laughs> oh, he's huge. Yeah. I had no idea. I never, saw him, I, I never saw him play last year, and I saw him, I don't know, two, three weeks. So I'm like, Jesus, this guy's massive. I found him last year when I was doing the videos I was doing every day. I was running through some highlights before mm-hmm. the season started, and I saw him hit a home run in like a batting practice at Rogers Center. I was like, oh, who the hell is this short little giant dude? And uh, <laughs> that's exactly what then, it is. He's a short little giant dude. Five foot eight, 265. He's, I mean, man. he's like your class. That's Pudge. I mean, that's your classic Pudge catcher. How is this? How are his knees supposed to hold up under that type of pressure? You can't. That doesn't sound like a good recipe. If you're 265, you better be over six foot. <laughs> five eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm what five ten and a half, and I'm barely over two bills. Two sixty five. It's huge. Yeah, he's, I mean, it's a big boy. There's no doubt about it. And he's shorter, so. Um, <laughs> Here we I go. Like... <laughs> the description of him on his Fangraphs page: a bowling ball of a human <laughs> 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 who can really rake. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Uh, Ryan, in the live stream comments, which you can always join us with the live stream comments on the YouTube channel when we stream our show live. Ryan says, what sort of crazy things do you have to do to get nicknamed Rowdy? (laughs) That that boy's Rowdy. He's a Rowdy boy. I don't want you hanging out with him, Christopher. You guys are too Rowdy. Yeah, nobody says that anymore. It's actually interesting that he has that name. And I always think of Rowdy Rowdy Piper. That's what I really think of first. And right. Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit. <laughs> Hello, Rowdy. What's the name of that movie with the zombies? Uh, you know, he's like the Oh, they animals. live. They live. Yeah, yeah. it's a classic uh, 80s. Like, It's not a good movie, but you watch it because it's <laughs> funny. Because it's not supposed to be. Unintentional comedy. Yeah. Shane McClanahan is going to make his debut thursday for the rays i'm excited about this one and i know our boy yancey is 
shit in his drawers right now because he <laughs> loves Shane McClanahan. Not only because he's a Rays fan, but he's been bumping and pumping Shane McClanahan all offseason long, talking about I have him here, I drafted him there, I've had him everywhere. <laughs> so I hope that you're right, Yancey. I, I'm actually looking forward to this just as much as I was the Brent Honeywell debut because this will be his major league debut as far as I can tell. We've seen it so far with the Rays. I mean, Yarborough's been kind of coming out of the pen after they do that kind of spot starter opener. And uh, I mean, how much you can depend on a Rich Hill and a Michael Waka? Patino came up the other day, and I think he went three as an opener. And now we're going to see McClanahan. It's just like the next revival of young Rays pitching. I mean, Glasnow's been really, really good this year. I think Yarborough over the season is going to improve. And now we're going to see McClanahan here. I mean, this is just another guy that the Rays are bringing up, a young arm. And you got to love that the Rays are doing this. So he will make his start, I think, tomorrow, Thursday. We're going to see Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Thursday. Again, be there. Against Oakland. I can't wait. He's got a, he hits triple digits and he's also got a nice breaking ball. So it looks, apparently, he has a changeup. Uh, I'm going to have to look further into that, though. <laughs> At the very least, he's your classic, uh, you know, two pitch pitcher with the great fastball and the great breaker. And he's coming at you from. The left-hand side, right? He's a lefty, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. He's also a little smaller, though. Uh, Fangraphs is worried, saying because he's 6'1", 200, they're worried about his frame being a problem. I don't know if that's... I, you know, I don't... I, I, no, I, I can't buy into no. that. I can't... Look, Pedro Martinez was 5'10", at best. And he, he was. was one of the greatest pitchers of the last 30 years. So, like, if you use your legs and you got a great motion, Pedro was never injured, and he's been... He was... You know, he's first ballot Hall of Famer. The guy was absolutely amazing. I, so I really can't buy too much into, oh, this guy's too little. This guy doesn't have the right frame. James Paxton's, what, 6'5", 260, the fucking big maple, but he can't stay healthy. So it's like, come on, man. It's whether you got the stuff or not. Wow. Okay. All right. I have always wondered if that was more of like an old school scouting thing that was dated. I mean, it's possible because, you know, everybody loves tall quarterbacks, right? Your quarterback's got to be six foot five and 230 pounds. You know, there's always these classic frames and designs and then for ethics. Yeah, and then there's Drew Brees. Exactly. Six Russell foot, Wilson. Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson, six foot, Hall of Famer. So Ru- Russell Wilson is also not six foot tall. He's not. I, st- I stood next to him going to my brother's you wedding. Did. With his ex-wife, his former wife. Yeah, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, it was his uh, like college girlfriend. Whatever. He was right next to me in customs. He was shorter than me. And I'm barely 5'11", like 5'10 and three quarters. I was taller than him. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Tribe has spoken. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Uh, okay, yes, I remember that story. I always think of, when I think of Russell Wilson, I usually think of that story within like two minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, the, Chris saw him at the airport once, right on the airplane. But I'm excited about McClanahan. I actually have a few shares of him in some of the draft champions, drafting holds I did, took a flyer on him. I don't know what to expect. He's had killer K9 results in the minors, so this guy clearly can get people out. The question is, will there be walks? Because just like you are always going to run into... High K numbers, high walks, and that's just what happens, right? It's just standard issue. So, how many innings does he go tomorrow? Two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know what the Rays do. I mean, Patino went three innings. I mean, this is what's going to happen with their young guys. They're going to combo three or four guys in a game, which can be frustrating fantasy wise. But I understand what they're doing. He pitched 
a boatload of innings in 2019. At three, he was at A, high A, and double A, and he pitched about 120 innings mm -hmm. in 2019, but nothing on the record last year, technically. So I hope, yeah. I hope that he was keeping up at the alternate site, but... Oh, maybe he goes a little longer than that. Maybe he goes four innings. I don't know. Maybe surprises me. Okay. Good ratios then. Yeah. At any rate, I like him. Uh, I think he's worth picking up. Uh, I wouldn't pick him up in a 12-team league at all. I don't think that's worth it yet. 15-team mm -hmm. league, yeah. As a streamer, mm -hmm. it's not a good option either because I don't expect him to go like five innings. Yeah, Just, and it gets so, Oakland. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Oakland's been good. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Oakland has players that are dominant at times. I can't believe they were oh and whatever. Now they're like so good. They're fifteen and seven. It's fucking crazy. Shit. Even with Matt mind. Chapman just being a garbage. He's oh, been, your MVP he's candidate? Been, he's been so, no, Matt Olson's my MVP candidate. Come on. <laughs> I thought you liked Matt Chapman for MVP. I said you, he'd be in. Mixed I up said, your mats. I said he'd be in the running. I also okay. said Fran Reyes was going to have fifty home runs. He's on that pace right now. This place is a dump. You are absolutely right. He is on that pace right now. But I was thinking of Oakland Coliseum. That place is a dump. God. God. Somebody posted about the trop on Twitter the other day being one of the, <laughs> the worst environments in all baseball. So it's real simple. Which one's worse, the trop or the Coliseum? I haven't been to either, but, I mean, hasn't the Coliseum had, like, sewage issues over the years? <laughs> yes, that is correct. Just, it just stinks. Like, when are they getting a new park? Like, come on. This team's been competitive for the last 15 years. I mean... Seem to make the playoffs every other year, and they still play in this fucking football stadium. I know. The more you think about it and talk about it, it's just going to make you depressed. It's going to bum you out because you realize how much how successful they've been and how nothing's been accomplished in terms of giving them decent facilities. It's yeah. a bunch of shit. At least they got good talent. You know, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, and Marcana and Lorraine, Loriano. Yeah, Loriano. I mean, is he still on eight steals? It's been a while since he. It's been a, it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week since he uh, stole the bag, but. You got, you got Frankie Montas, who, I don't know, he wasn't bad the other day. Montas, the Freshmaker. Montas, the Freshmaker, yes. Every time we talk Frankie Montas on the show, we will play the Mentos, the Freshmaker. He's officially, there's no way Frankie Montas' nickname should not be the Freshmaker. He is the Freshmaker. Fantastic. <laughs> he hasn't been that fresh this year. <laughs> yeah, well, he was serviceable. Uh, he's on our tag team squad with me and Eric Cross. I'm not a huge fan of him. You're just riding a, that one out. Well, we had a real debate. The starting pitching looks so-so. It's kind of like, eh, I don't love it. And it's a weekly lineup, as you know, because uh, it's on NFBC. And we could have started Montas. We could have started Paddock. I just didn't like our options. I don't know how we ended up with this staff because they're not guys that I... <laughs> Montas, I mean, just, Paddock, both with ERAs over six. <laughs> I can't blame Eric, though. It's not fair. No, I mean... Look, I'm man, just, these, are guys that you, these are guys that you expected to be better. But well, it's through I just, four starts. I didn't really... I don't really have any shares of Paddock or Montas elsewhere. We just kind of... <laughs> we ended up agreeing on players. It's really mm -hmm. weird when you draft a team with another person. It's so just hard. really... You're just trying to like come to a compromise, you know. It's not yeah. his fault. It's not my fault. Yeah. It just happened. So. It's different, especially if you don't have years and years of history of knowing that guy and and you being able to come to an agreement. You don't want to be the the guy that strong strong arms him, but you also yeah. don't want to be like too weak. Yeah, it's uh, you're right about that, man. I, I can. You're well said, dearie. Well said. We are uh, currently in seventh place in that tag team league. Just for those of you that are curious, middle of the so pack. that's yeah, we're in the middle of the pack. Seven out of fifteen. Currently in first place is Mike Curlin and Zach Waxman of the Draft Champions ah, Podcast. Friends of the pod. They are comfortably ahead 
of the second place team, which is, uh, I believe, Matt Medica and Jason Anthony. I don't know Jason, but I know Matt Medica is. And then uh, our pal Justin Mason bringing up the rear in third place with our other pal, Shelly Verstreit. So we'll see how that one goes. Long way to go. Long way to go. Mm-hmm. Not freaking out just yet. All right, so those are Return of the Max that went way too long. Uh, real, oh, let me just throw a few at you real quick. Nit Wickren came off the paternity list. He's back in Cleveland bullpen. Zach Godley got called up by the Brewers and pitched today. Shockingly, he's back. He had Stay five away. walks. He had five Stay walks. Away. Yes, five he walks. Was on the, you know he was on the Tigers for a brief minute? I re- yeah, I actually, <laughs> I noted that when it happened. I didn't care, but I do know that that happened. Zach Godley, yeah. And then uh, Isan Diaz has replaced Jazz Chisholm for the Marlins. Kristen Yelich is hitting in a cage right now. That's good news. Hopefully, he'll make his way back from that back injury sooner than later. And then Pete Fairbanks is slowly working his way back mm-hmm. for the Rays. And that bullpen, he'll be back just in time. It's going to be May. They, they, right. uh, they need him right now with all the injuries they have in that bullpen. I mean, Castillo's looked pretty good. He had he was out one day with, uh, you know, COVID scare. Uh Hey. No, I think it was a vaccination uh, reaction, possibly. But yeah, he he sat a day. But they need Pete Fairbanks. If you're in like a safe hold league, uh, keep an eye on Pete Fairbanks and when he's going to come back up because he's going to guy. He's going to be their eighth inning guy for sure. High strikeout guy, real big right hander. He's a guy that can definitely help you out if you're in that format. Hell yeah! Well said, my friend. Well said. All right. Listening to the Hey Varigo Blazo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network. Check out Phil Goyette's Rookie Ladder. I talked about it earlier in the show. It's updated pitcher rankings on rotafanatic.com. You can also hear a new episode of Turn Two Podcast with Matt Williams and Carm Mayorano, my Rota Fanatic pals. They talked about a bunch of early season trends and how offense is down and what they're noticing as we are about a month into the season. Really good stuff. Turn to pod, Carm Mayorano. Follow Carm at Carm's Clubhouse. He's got great stuff. He's a very smart guy. He's also a new father, so he's been very busy. And the fact that he was able to squeeze in a podcast is almost a goddamn miracle. Well done, Carm. Well done, my friend. All right, let's talk more fantasy now, dearie. Let's do first Name That Runner Up Fab Baby. All right, favorite episode of the week. Who doesn't love name that runner-up fan bit? It's a lot of fun. There's always a mistake. Whoopsie daisy. But then the occasion, you nail it. You know, some people just get by by a couple bucks. Other people spend $110 and nobody bids. No runner-up bid. That sucks. That's a shitty feeling. All right. So uh, I'll go first. And I'm going to take this one from our the TGFBI League, which, of course, is a league of anybody out there who's technically creating any baseball content in the greater atmosphere of fantasy baseball. Uh, by the way, I'm in third place in my TGFBI league as of today. Those of you who are wondering, Dave Swan, Davithius, is in first place right now. So kudos to Dave Swan. First place. All right, Deary, I'm going to give you Domingo Herman of the New York Yankees. Ooh, hot pickup this week. Yeah, well, he's a two-star pitcher. He's Picked up this week, available. I didn't know he was available. I actually would have considered that. But <laughs> anyways, uh, he went for $118. $118. What was the runner-up bid? $78. $78. Survey says... And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and wanted to go by. Struck him off. No good. 
a dollar. Wow. <laughs> I thought somebody else would have been in on him with it being a two-star guy. Wow. A dollar. Uh, one a dollar. dollar. One dollar. Oh, man, that sucks so bad. Amazing. Oh, breaking news. Breaking news here, dearie. Uh-oh. Ryan. Uh-oh. Ryan. Uh-oh. We love you, Ryan. You're the best. He says Ryan Weathers has been yanked after one inning. Uh-oh. Fastball get- was down three miles per hour. <gasps> He went too many innings against the Dodgers last week. It's over. Boy. I bet he's actually part of this segment, so uh, but we'll keep that for now. Yeah, so Domingo Herman, $118 bid. The runner-up bid was a buck, so you God, just never know sometimes. Yeah, you got to just... I mean, I, I think that bid's a little high, um, but the fact that the other bid was $1... Like, Clearly it was high. I mean, if you would have just told me what did Domingo Herman go for, I would have said anywhere from like 70 to... There's 50 to like 75 bucks. Too many cooks. Too many. Ridiculous. Too many cooks. <laughs> All right, give me one. What do you got? Uh, Jordan Luplo, outfielder for the Indians. He's been on fire the last couple weeks. Yes. He, he goes for $102. Hmm. $102. Uh, is this TGFBI or something else? TGFBI. All righty. So it's 15 team, Roto, 5 by 5 $102? I say the runner-up for Jordan. Oh, I think uh, people were into, but maybe not that into. I'm going to say it was 73 <laughs> It's funny. I didn't even look at the runner-up bid until now. He was just like the top name on there. There was no runner-up bid. Zero dollars. <laughs> ah! I didn't even put in a bid for him. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, these are... Learn lessons from these people. We all can learn a lesson from I had, these I had Lord. seven bids in, in the week, and Luplo was not one of them. I hit on two of them. Two of my bids went through. <laughs> God, that's that's painful, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I hate being on the okay. other side of that. I really do. All right, I'll give you another one. How about Josh Stomont? Kansas City Ooh. Royals. Looks like which which I was right. He closed last night. Holland was in in the eighth last night. So uh, you tried talking me out of it because you're like, oh, dude, Holland's back. And I was like, oh, man, I made a dumb assessment here that Stalmont's going to be the closer. And he was. He was the closer last night. Josh Stalmont. Well, I don't know. What, our exact argument was I'm not sure because I put bids in for Stalmont as okay. a closer this week. So I okay. yeah. I wasn't against. I, no, no. I have to go it, back it, and listen to the tape. So. In, in, the, in the end, you were like, oh, yeah, I, dear, yeah I agree. He, he is going to be a closer. But like, I think we were I, arguing about the injury factor. I, I had some all trepidation we about him because you were like, oh, wait, no, Holland's, Holland's back. And I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't do my research on this one. <laughs> well, you got a haul ass, man. You never know. You never know. But, uh, yeah. What's the bid here? That one is long gone. Oh, Josh Dolmont went for $32. $32 winning bid, which was mine. That's I a nice bid. bid. That's a real nice bid right there. 32 bucks. I think that's on the cheap. I agree. I, I, yes. I, if you look around the rest of that's Fab the World this past yeah. weekend, Stomont was going for a lot more than that. So for some reason, we all just weren't that interested in this particular league. But it was for thirty-two dollars. What was the runner-up bid? Twenty-eight. Not bad. Not bad. The answer is twenty-five. I mean, that's that's double the amount of what Rafael Dolis went Miley. He went for sixty-nine bucks, and even the runner-up bid was thirty-three. I would trust Stalmont getting more saves than Dolis over the last, you know, three four months here. I agree. Yeah, especially with yeah, Jordan Do- Romano coming back now. Yeah, Dolis uh, was on last the previous week's fab. He was already off the yeah. the radar. So, 
Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, I was surprised. 32 was easy peasy. Somehow. That's great, man. That's. Yeah, I don't know that's... how I knew that either because I was playing around and tinkering. I think I bet more on Stonemont and some other leagues. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I just felt like good price. That's, I'm, yeah, I'm proud I don't know. of you. I lucked I'm proud out. Of you. Thank that's, you. That's Thank good. you very much. All right, what do you got for me? What do you got? Uh, Adolis Garcia and his mega pythons on you know that are attached to his shoulders there. Uh, Ninety-eight dollars. There was an, a runner-up bid. <laughs> oh yeah, there was. He was a hot one. I'll, t I'll tell you in uh, in my league, he went for one sixty-nine. Wow. Wait, what is How much was yours? 98? Anthony Rizzo is pitching right now? What's going on? Oh, boy. The Braves are just getting, they're just murdering the Cubs. Is that what's going on? The the uh, the notification says, you read that right. Anthony Rizzo strikes out Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Why is Rizzo yeah. on the mound? It's 10 to nothing. Yeah, it's 10 yeah, to don't nothing. Put, don't put Rizzo out there. Why not? He loves pitching. He's a first baseman. Who cares about his arm, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I really thought I had Freeman in my DFS lineup today, and then I pulled him out. I'm such an idiot. Yeah, he had home run today. He's four for five. It's stupid. Oh, yes. Awesome. Ah! All right. All right Adolis Garcia, $98. What's the runner-up bid? Okay, 98 bucks. I'm going to say... I'd say it's close. I'm going to say like 92 Ooh, $83 was the runner-up bid. Yeah, okay. Well, I could live with that. I mean, it's not, it's not way, way off, but not ideal. <laughs> Let's do one more. Uh, I will give you. We didn't have a lot of bids this week, actually. Uh, let me try another league. Let's try a non-TGFBI league. What was I the like top? The what was the top guy? What was the top bid? Oh, it was Adolis Garcia. He was the okay. top bid of the week. Yeah, he was number two on mine. Okay, let's try uh, over my tag team league. Alex Wood went for 61 bones 61 smackaroos double what he went for in my league yeah somebody uh zinky and zimmerman that's jeff zimmerman and fred zinky uh analyst people who know their shit supposedly right and uh, they spent that amount of money what was the runner-up bid to 61 dollars for alex wood 43 dollars wow damn that's very, very close. $41. Oh, okay. Right there. A couple. Right there. A little That's over. really good. Nice job. That's fantastic. All right, give me one more. Oh, God. Let's go with Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson bid was $50 this week. Jeez. We talked about him last week, remember? He's got that cutter now, apparently. Yeah, you know who picked cutter. him up? me oh really yeah, i picked them up you know which actually around. i'm climbing up the standings i'm into ninth now in my tgfbi i've been double digits Yay! in standings all year long i'm up to ninth now making the climb that's good news so how 51 50 bucks 50 bucks for this guy <laughs> kyle gibson uh i'm gonna it. say I'm gonna say twenty-three. Ooh, pretty close. Twenty-seven dollars was the runner-up bid. Ah, oh, okay. Foolish man! Oh, come on, take it easy. There it is. Everyone's favorite game, the fastest growing show in all the world. It is Name That Runner-Up Fab Bid. I love that game. It has a lot of fun. It has a real sense of 
lessons to it. You can really take away from our leagues and apply it to your own league. So hopefully you guys learn something from it and it's not just a complete waste of time and you don't stop this show and say, you know what? That is bullshit. I hope not. I really don't. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. All right. Guess what? It's time to talk about now. Who is going to bust out in May? Whose profile right now is telling us one thing, but maybe the May profile is going to look completely different. Now, we can't predict the future, but we can do our best to acknowledge who's struggling. And you know, if you listen to the show, you don't have to know this, but you should. I talk about players at the low points are the ones you want to buy. So it doesn't mean every player who's struggling is going to turn around. I mean, Luis Castillo, is he going to have a great May? I don't know. Is he going to come up in the segment? We'll find out. But that's an example of somebody who's really just not living up to their expected value. They're way below that. So, Gary, you want to lead us off here? You want to give us somebody? What do you got? What are you thinking about? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, he's on the mound right now for the Cubs. I think Anthony Rizzo has a really, really big May for the Cubs. The Cubs bats are starting to come around a little bit. And sure, Anthony Rizzo's batting 221 right now, which is right on par with what he did last year. But he also, he has four home runs. He has three stolen bases, which is just as many as he had last year in 58 games. He had five in 2019. Three stolen bases are the first base spot. That's really, really good if he get to double digits. His K rate is right around where it's normally at, 14 15%. He's actually walking more than he normally does, which he's a career 11.3% walk rate. He's at 16% right now. I think he's gotten a little unlucky. His BABIP is at 213. I think... Weather starts to warm up, and I think he has a really, really good May in the north side of Chicago. OBP's at 340 right now. Slugging is 455. That's okay. That's Those numbers are going to go up. Look for him to back closer to a 260, 270, and he's always going to get on base. So I think Anthony Rizzo has a really, really nice May. And a ground ball into left field for a base hit. Ooh, George Cow. It's George Cow. Going to be close, and he's going to be out. Oh, he's out. Okay, well. Man, send these audios to Sporer. He would love this. <laughs> George Kell and Ernie Harwell. Who had it better than us, man? I'm telling you, those were the days. God, it was fantastic. I love it, though. Rizzo, he's not horrible, though. I mean, no, he, no. he didn't say he was horrible this April, but I think you're onto something because I like what I see from him. The profile tells me that he stings the shit out of the ball, and he's always had a great plate discipline. As long as there's no injuries, I'm expecting good times from him because I expect other players to be better. Ian Happ should be better. He might be on this list. I don't know. Something to think about. Ian Happ has lost that leadoff spot from Nico Horner. Oh, he has? Yeah, Horner uh, was in the leadoff spot last night. He was. They moved, they moved Happ all the way down to eight. But, yeah, I mean, Anthony Rizzo. And he sat out today. So. Anthony Rizzo doesn't get hurt. Since 2013, he's played in over 140 games every single year. Oh, he's very durable. There's no no doubt about it, folks. Uh, if somebody tells you otherwise, it's all a bunch of bullshit speculation. Don't give in to the hype. I love rumors. A lot of bullshit out there. Stay true to yourselves, folks. Okay, uh, for me, I love May. May is really a great month. I think it's underrated, dear. I really do. Like, May's I a good month. About, I enjoy May. Yes, like, it's gonna be May. On the brink of uh, summertime in Michigan. May is one of the best months. It's kind of like October for me in the fall. It's just like prime. They're very May similar. And October. Yeah. yeah, they're they're perfect spots. You know, like if you look at a if you look at the months as a batting lineup, it's just a great spot to be in. You want to be May. Trust me. So, man, we 
there's a lot of players who mm-hmm. are disappointments right now. Uh, players that are frustrating to own. And people have been reaching out about certain types of players. Like, hey, should I hold on to this guy? Hold on to that guy? And I... I I can't predict the future, but we can read the tea leaves, so to speak, you know, and we we have the information before us that tells us, hey, you know, uh, StatCast data, whatever it is you love, you know, whatever you want to look at hard hit rates, you want to look at, I don't know, zone discipline, shit like that. I think Kenta Maeda is going to turn around in May. I know today <laughs> on this date, he still looks like shit. Uh, he's certainly not striking guys out enough he's giving up contact that is disappointing home runs in particular the long ball taters uh it's really frustrating i mean maeda's heard this too much that one is long gone (laughs) it's not cool it's not cool but i think this is the time to act and if you could actually pick him up i think you might be doing yourself a favor because the Twins are going to have to turn it around. They're not this bad at all. I'm not buying into the fact that this team's done. And this is a team that has massive World Series aspirations. And they're 8-15 and 15 right now. So if Barrios and Maeda are going to be very important aspects of their turnaround. And I think come May, the calendar flips. Kenta's going to wake up one day and be like, oh, it's a new day. And he's going to be thrilled because he knows... That he has a fresh chance. So I'm thinking Kenta Maeta is going to have a great May. That's going to be his month. It's going to be his time to shine. And I think one of the main indicators of that is he's been able to really limit his zone contact. Like he, People don't make good contact off him in the zone. No. Yeah, he, he, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't get hit hard. It was funny because like even last night I'm watching that game against the Indians and Fran Mill put two out on him. And it was funny, like... This guy's sitting on the mound, and Franmil just puts one out 450 feet. Maeda just—he he had this smile on his face. He's just like, "Yeah, I—I I, I made a mistake on that pitch." He's not getting frustrated. He just knows that, like, he's just making a few, you know, poor pitches that are being left up in the zone. I mean, this is a guy that lives at the bottom of the zone, doesn't get hit hard, a lot of ground balls, and he—you know—he's not going to throw it by you. But that's what he's doing right now. He's just leaving it up too much, and it's just getting pounded. But there's no way he can be this bad. He hasn't been this bad throughout his career. Yeah, his career barrel percentage is it's way higher than it normally is. His career is 5.3%. Right now it's at 9.5. That's not going to continue. I'm not buying that. They're not going to be able to barrel him up like that the rest of the year. This is the worst of it. Let's move forward from it now, and let's get focused on a guy who could bring you great return. The home run to fly ball rate is way above his career norm. It's at 27% right now. It's a career 14%. That's just not who he is as a pitcher. It's not going to last. End of story. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, he's someone that you go out and target right now. Him and Luis Castillo are kind of the two hot names that I think, like, you go out. And at least with Maeda, like, it's not like he's losing his fastball and, like, he just can't, you know, seem to throw his, you know, his splitter that he throws a, a ton. He's just, yeah. he's just, the location is just down. He's going to figure it out. It's four starts. Yep. I love it. What do you got? Give me another one. It's you know, going to be May. I'm really waiting for May to come for this guy to break out. And that's Michael Conforto. This guy has done nothing so far. Now, he's hit in five straight games, which is very encouraging. But he's got one home run, which he didn't hit until the other day. Three runs and only four RBIs through 18 games. That's really poor. But you look deeper into his numbers. 
the K rate is actually down a little bit. The walk rate, you know, is also down a little bit. He's still hitting the ball just as hard as he had before. What's yep. down right now and what he's really having issues with is stuff in the zone. His Z contact, which is going to be anything in the zone, is down 11%. He's like a career 85 86% in the zone, and it's like 75% right now. So he's just having a hard time catching up with a lot of stuff. Now, last year his BABIP was insane. He had a 412 BABIP that helped to him batting 322. I don't see him as a guy that's going to bat three over 300. He, he sits more of like a 260, 270, but like the home run's got to be there. This is a really improved lineup. He bats right in the middle of the lineup. He's a guy that you could depend on 25 home runs, 80 runs, 80 RBIs, you know, five to six swipes. And he just hasn't been doing it. Now I've been encouraged because the last week he's, he's hitting five straight games. He's stung a couple balls off the wall against the Cubs the other or last week. So I think he's starting to come around. It's just a guy who just started out really slow. This guy who had three consecutive years where he had over 25 home runs. I think he's going to be okay. I think the weather starts to warm up and he starts raking in Queens here real, real soon. Hell yeah. That sounds like fun. Wouldn't that be wonderful? What raking in Queens? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> raking the leaves in Queens. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I hate raking. It's so stupid. Always the guy my was back. Um, hurts your back. Huh. No, it doesn't hurt my back. But the guy was mowing the lawn today, and he was like, he was here all day. This lawn is huge. He's mowing the lawn, then he's trimming the head, the weeds. And he's trimming every little corner, and then he's got to bring up the blower. I'm just like sick of this noise. I want- <laughs> Quit it. Yes, I'm like I'd rather they don't mow my lawn at all. I'm not even kidding. Like nobody is. <laughs> This isn't don't, like a uh, don't mow neighborhood. My lawn. Yeah. No, don't. Yeah, you're like behind everything. No one can like drive by and be like, look at that asshole with the long lawn. No, I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's not even like one standard square area of lawn. It's just a bunch of grass. Like, it just seems like a waste. And I would rather live in silence, in peace, in comfort. But that's just me. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Who knows? How about Jeff McNeil? Jeff McNeil, the New York Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mets have had a bogus hand dealt to them already because a lot of cancellations and postponements started with the covid and the nationals at the beginning of the month and then there's been rain delays and bad weather and snow in colorado just everything you know but jeff mcneil he had a home run yesterday and that's just the precursor for the good times that are coming because he bombed that one in the second deck too he crossed it right yeah sure did there's just no way he's he's not this guy. He's not a guy. <laughs> I don't even need to explain this. Maybe this is just an obvious one. You know, he's a 300 he's not... hitter. And uh, like, what's what's his Babbitt right now? I guarantee it's 100 points less than what it normally is for his career. It's more than that. It's 182 right now. He's a is he striking out? 333. Is he strike? I, I haven't looked into his number. Is he striking out below 10? percent Which I guarantee he is. He is. Yeah, eight yep. percent. Yep. It's what he does. At, it's just bad luck. I mean, the Babbitt's 182, career 333, like I said. Um, I'm not looking for the power so much. Uh, if he hits 20 homers, it's a bonus to me, which I think he can do. I very much do. But it's just not the kind of guy who's going to hit 196 with a 281 OBP. Not reality. And, a, you know, he's got a weighted runs created plus of 83. It's not <laughs> even average. It's That's just stupid. So if for some reason there's somebody panicking in your league, that wants to move McNeil, please buy him. Buy him right now. Buy him everywhere. Don't even think twice about it. Give up whatever you got to give up within reason. But you should actually be getting a discount right now. But it, it could be a day late because the home run 
could be the sign of better days to come. And the <laughs> yeah. person who's rostering McNeil is going to be like, oh, shit. Well, he's heating up, so maybe I've spoken too late. But if you can still get McNeil, I love McNeil everywhere, 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 all day long. Alan Stewart's here. Hey, Alan, what's up, buddy? Good to see you, man. Alan is asking a question on our live stream, which you can always do anytime you want. When we do our shows, we live stream every podcast episode on YouTube. At Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Alan wants to know, I'm hoping Alec Bohm busts out soon. He's struggling so far. What do you guys think of Bohm? Well, is it Bohm or Bomb? That's what I want to know. I think it's Bomb. Bomb, 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 bomb. Alec Bohm, are you concerned? Well, I mean, this is a guy, he, he's got what? Let me look into his numbers here. 188, 180 plate appearances in, in the majors, and that was all last year. And he had a real, real nice year, batted 338. I don't think anyone expected him to bat 338 this year, but I mean, just <laughs> looking at his stat cast right here, he's striking out a, like way too much right now. He's got an ISO over under 100. Uh -huh. he's got he's got two home runs, 12 RBIs, which that's okay through 23 games. You know, that's that's a, that's a decent pace. But uh, I mean, it, it's what you're going to get with these young guys that are big time prospects. There's going to be struggles going throughout the season, it's, and and you definitely get really nervous when they start out the season really poorly. You know, Ryan Mountcastle is another guy who had a really really nice 2020. He's off to an awful start right now. I'm hanging on to him, but like. It's the same thing with an Alex Baum. Like, are you hanging on to him? Like, waiting for it to pick up. I like that Phillies lineup. Uh, Bryce Harper's off to a, a you know a stellar start right now. I, I I think it can't get any worse for Baum, but he's got to get a little better plate discipline. The twenty six percent strikeout rate is is definitely concerning because he didn't have anything anywhere close to that in the minors. He was a guy that was more of like a 13 to 14% in the minors. So yep. maybe he's just, you know, maybe he's just rushing things at the plate, being a little too anxious. Uh, I think he does come around, but I mean, what's the ceiling for him this year? You know, 15 to 20 home runs, maybe 270. I mean, I, I don't think anyone saw him coming out and being, you know, 15 a, to 20 home runs. That sucks for him. I think people expected more than that. I mean, that's what most projections least. had. Oh, that's a, that's a 25. That's a lot of home runs, man. Well, the way he was being drafted, I thought that's what people expected of him. I hadn't really drafted him anywhere, so I'm not the guy to talk to. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I think I, the hype. I think the hype is just a little too soon, and it sucks because, like, I mean, this guy I think is going to be a very good major league baseball player, but yeah, the 2020 I think really just people had people buy in a little too much on two months of play. Yeah. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. Little bit too much of that from Alec Baum right now, Ernie. Ernie would understand. Ernie saw a lot of baseball, so he knows there's ups and downs. And this is baseball. Good months, bad months. But if it's gonna be me for Alec Baum, I didn't have him on my list, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, Alan. I'm I could see a first half swoon entirely because he's young. Last year was a fluke, you know, it was the bozo season of 2020. It doesn't mean anything. In fact, we're, I think we're learning more and more. It means even less and less. <laughs> Throw it you all know? out, man. Throw it yeah. all out. Like what? Even what I saw from Maeda in 2020. That's, throw, I mean, he's good, but he might not even be that good. So. Well, yeah, I mean, for Maeda, that was just a career two months when, yeah, obviously he was very serviceable in L.A. And, you know, through 160 to 170 innings, but. I yeah, like the I mean, lineup, like you said. The Philly lineup's great. I think it's undervalued right now. Uh, you got Harper and you got Dee and Hoskins is looking fantastic. Oh, he's I don't like McCutcheon. I'm not a fan of McCutcheon anymore. Been really poor. Yes, been really poor to start off. 
maybe he picks it up in May. I mean, he, he's the kind of guy that loves May. He seems like a May guy, doesn't he? He likes May. <laughs> At any rate, Alan, we hoped we could help you with that. Alec Bond's a guy that I didn't have on my list. I'm concerned that he's young. He's going to be 25 soon, but he's still learning his way around the majors. And with the fact that the walks are down and the Ks are up, that's a classic youngster's tale. Mm-hmm. But he could also break out of that. So I wouldn't give up on him. But if somebody really likes him as a prospect, depending on your league type, maybe not in Dynasty, but in a, even in a keeper league, I might consider trading Baum away. Um, I just don't know what you can get from him right now in a redraft. I know that I'd be curious to know if it does happen. If anybody trades Alec Baum over the next week or the next time we do a show, let us know. Palazzo podcast at protonmail.com or DM us on Twitter. Palazzo podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. All right. Whose turn is it? Uh, I don't think your turn? I'm kind of sifting through looking for somebody right now. If you, uh, <laughs> if you got somebody, I didn't have time to prepare for anything today. So. How dare you? How dare you? How dare am I? How dare you? I'll go happily. It's fine. There's so many players to talk about. There's so many players struggling that you could really just, you know, take it. What do they say? Draw, uh, take a straw out of a hat. What is it? Draw straws. I don't know what I'm talking about. Where are we? What happened? Just say a player and we'll talk about him. Are we doing return of the Mac? No, I'm just kidding. No, we just did that. so, So at any rate, let's get back to basics. Everybody's panicking about Gary Sanchez, and everybody's abandoning ship on Gary Sanchez. <laughs> now, Gary's laughing. Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, he was actually going to be the guy I was going to bring up because I really needed to look deeper into his numbers because I was just offered a trade uh, where he would be coming my way if I made the trade. Weird. Wow. Well, I think, well, who who would you be getting? Do we know? I, no, I'd be, I'd be getting Who would you be giving Gary up? Who would you be I'd giving be giving up, up Jesus Lasardo. In a dyn- in a dynasty league, this is K nine, right? K nine. Boy, Lazardo for Sanchez. That's a tough one. But it almost seems like the value right now is not fair. I like Gary Sanchez still. I was going to say that Sanchez is somebody you guys should take a chance on now because his value is just plummeting, and everyone's jumping on the Kyle Higashioka bandwagon, which. Deservedly so. Higashioka is cr- Higashioka. Higashioka is crushing the ball right now. He had a home run the other day, and he's when he's playing, he's making shit happen. And Gary Sanchez is not. But Jesus Lazardo, I, I don't know. He's got great stuff. We all know that, right? So I think that I, I you, mean, you would ask for less than that. Less. Yeah, I mean, with Lasardo, I mean, I'm picking my spots where I'm starting him. I have you, Darvish. I have Brady Singer. I have Ian Anderson. You know, and having a, I have an amazing bullpen. You know, Chapman and Hendricks are, are my kind of stalwarts on the back end. Getting Sanchez would be for home runs, but I don't think I'm going to have too much of a problem with home runs. I have Trevor Story. I have Ronald Acuna. I have Matt Olson. I mean, I have Rizzo. That's 20 home runs right there. Nick Solak's got seven already. So, like, I don't think I'm going to have a problem with home runs, and I think Sanchez is just going to destroy my batting average. Do you want to know who the players of the month for May were the last few years? Ooh, this is great. Yeah, let's hear it. 2019, Josh Bell, the National League. Mm -hmm. Raphael Devers in the American League. Hmm. Uh, Josh Bell, by the way, had a great May in 2019. 12 home runs. He hit 390 with a 442 OBP, 800 slugging. Best month of his career. 
Yeah. Well, that was the big year, too. That was in that yeah. month of May was a huge part of that career year. Uh, 2018 in May, Scooter Gannett. Good old Scooter. Remember him on the Reds? Yeah, he's a free agent. He was. Yeah, he's not the guy he is anymore. But he was a 2018 Player of the Month in May. And then Francisco Lindor was a Player of the Month in May for the American League. He hit 373 with 10 home runs. Wow, it'd be great if he could do that this May. Yeah, so I don't know. That's interesting. And then 2017, Charlie Blackman in the NL. He hit 360, <laughs> hit six home runs, a 22 RBI. It's actually not like mind-blowing stats. It's pretty good. It must have been a slow month of May in 2017. And then... Carlos Correa, the National League. He hit 386, 457, 673, seven home runs, so on and so forth. So there's a few names to know who were players of the month in May. And actually, it doesn't mean that they're going to be good in May. Just want to give you guys a piece of the pie from once upon a time. Bottom line, Gary Sanchez for Jesus Cesardo is not a fair trade. I don't think it is. Because Jesus Cesardo, you said it's a keeper league, dynasty league. He's very valuable even more so in that type of, of premise. So you would have to give up something less because Sanchez's value is in the shitter. Yeah, and at Lizardo's last start, sure, he gave up some runs his last time out, but it was due to the home run. Besides that, he looked pretty good. He had eight strikeouts, and the start before that, he went five and a third and looked really, really good. I, you know, I traded for Lizardo in the offseason. I traded Blake Snell and Jorge Soler for Lizardo and Liam Hendricks, and I'm not ready to pull the trigger and give up on Lizardo yet. No, hell no. No way. That's a guy who it's not even it's not even been that bad. It's been a little suspect, but it's he's not on the same level as Gary. Gary is 28 years old now. He still crushes the ball when he makes contact. But the profile looks the same. Nothing's changed. It's still yeah. the he's not barreling as many balls, but it's really early. He's only had three barrels because he's only been playing in a handful of games in April. I saw some great stats about the Yankees last night. Last night was the first time this season that they had a sacrifice fly. <laughs> yeah, they're they're shit. They, they hit into a shit. they hit into a ton of double plays. Um, they have like the, <laughs> the, the the like the least amount of doubles in the league. They strike out a ton. It's doubles. like if they don't put it out of out of the park, like they're not scoring. And they oh, won last yeah. night because I think they had four home runs. Yeah, I mean, if it's uh, you know, what's it called? That one is long gone. Gary Sanchez has not been saying that very much today. Gary Sanchez is undervalued now. But Gary Sanchez is actually struggling with fastballs more, which does concern me a little bit. Uh, but it's a small sample size, so I'm not going to panic. 20 batted ball events on fastballs this year. He's hitting 167 on fastballs. Uh, and his expected batting average is actually 178. So it's not like there's a big gap between the two. That's bad. How, mu how much is he swinging out of the zone? That's that's always been his problem. His bugaboo is he can't lay off the high fastball. Yeah, well, uh, that's Gary. That's Well, that's my Gary. The problem here is not Gary. It's the fact that Higashioka is rising now. And people, they already had the talk this week. Aaron Boone had the talk, and that was an official statement in the press that Gary Sanchez was talked to by Aaron Boone, and then Gary is now aware of the situation, which means <laughs> he's sharing he's not time. As much. Yes, yeah, he's sharing time. So that's bad. It looks bad right now. It all looks so horrendous right now. But this guy can mash. Yes, he can mash. He's mashed before. He's not dead yet. And I'm not giving up on him yet. But I could look like a dick in a month going back to listen to this podcast. I will admit that. But I think, I think Gary Sanchez is still a viable player 
but I don't know if he can be an everyday guy with Kyle Higashioka there. I don't. Well, know yeah, I mean, the problem is like the good news is he plays catcher, so it's like you know, there's not many catchers out there that are that valuable outside of a real Muto and a handful of other guys. So you're like, all right, Gary Sanchez, I'll take the 220 to 230 batting average if he hits 25, 30 home runs. Yeah. What does he have right now? Two? Yeah. Higashioka has four already. <laughs> and he's got a 14% walk rate. He's striking out less than 20% of the time. He just looks oh. way better, man. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm actually really concerned now. I really wanted to... F- to fend and stand up for Gary Sanchez on the show today as a may to remember would be happening. But I, I don't think I can say that now. I, I don't know how I can say that because of a guy that is in his way now. There has to be an injury. I think it's not about Sanchez's talent. I think if Sanchez got to play five days a week, he could still hit 30 home runs, no problem. I really do. But it doesn't look like the patience is there anymore. No, I his, mean, plate, the Yankees his, patience. his plate disappeared. Oh, yeah, the, the Yankees patients that w- they used to be a team that would have seven hour games because they would work so many counts. I got to look deeper <laughs> into this, but any Yankee game I've watched this year, they're not working counts like they used to. It's free swinging Yankees. Well, all right. Gary Sanchez, I like him as a player, but maybe, maybe he's fucked now. And I'm <laughs> really talking this out. That's why I love this show. See, because I actually had some pre designated thoughts coming into this and now that we're talking it out here man i it helps me come to conclusions and we hopefully provide the same value to all of you out there part of the palazzo podcast community two l's two z's you talk say it together with me give now. me two that's what we do uh anybody else who's gonna have a may to remember a may to remember dearie was uh these two, uh, these these two Braves start to pick it up. Marcelo Zuna and Dansby Swanson. You think these guys can pick it up in May? It's been atrocious for both of them. They both have an over thirty percent K rate right now. So my my concern is, is this just what Osuna was a couple of years ago when he was with the Cardinals? It seems like he's putting together the same type of start where he's just really struggling and there's no plate discipline. He's not putting it over the fence. Sure, he hit a home run today. The Bra- like the Braves are so confusing. They put up like 15, 16 runs in a game and then they get shut out in a doubleheader by the Diamondbacks. Like they're such a confusing team right now. Osuna, like we're not getting any power from him. He's bats in the middle of the lineup. And Dansby Swanson, like was last year's 60 game, just a, like a total mirage. That should have never happened. He bet at no, 274 no, 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 last no. year, 49 runs, 35 RBI, five stolen bases. Right now he's got a K percentage of 30%. He's batting 214. Two home runs. I mean, you're not going to expect a ton of home runs out of him, but like you can't have a shortstop king 30% of the time and bat 214. Like this this is pretty pretty bad right now for Dansby. I, I don't have any shares of him and I actually wish I did at the start of the season, but it's off to a really really poor start. He's looking like he was in 17 and 18 with the the Braves. Look. Dansby Swanson's going to be fine, man. He's good. He can make shit happen. And he was already kind of heating up this week and coming off the weekend. So yeah, I grand, have no yeah, that, worries about him at all. Yeah, that grand slam the other night. I mean, everything else was looking fine. Like grand slam. Fly ball rates is the exact same. Ground ball rates is the exact same. Line drives yeah. are the same. It seems like he's seeing a lot less fastballs. Yeah, 20% fastball, seeing a lot more stuff with movement, a lot more sliders, a lot more <laughs> change-ups. He's in the age 27 year, too. He's 27 years old. He just turned 27 in February, dearie. 
So that, that, this is his year, man. This is the year he dies. <laughs> no, that's the that's the other twenty seven. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the wrong one. And This is the baseball those, yeah. one. Yeah, baseball one, not the Jimi Hendrix one. He's gonna be fine. You're, you're telling me he's gonna be okay. All right. Oh yeah, Shit. I love it. I have him in uh, my home league keeper. Yeah, league. that's why he's gonna be okay because he's on your team. Exactly. <laughs> I I drafted him. I personally drafted him, and I know he's gonna be great. He stole a base yesterday. He can do everything. He's gonna be fantastic. You're gonna look back at the end of the season and say, "Hey, I love." The fact that I took a chance on Dansby Swanson. If somebody wants to trade Swanson, I would make a move for him. In terms of the top shortstops overall, he's going to be in that top 12. I think he's very much going to be in that top 12 by the end of the year. I really do. I don't see why not because everything's there. All the recipe has all the proper ingredients. And it's going to come together for us. Dansby Swanson pie. Yeah, I feel feel like that whole lineup. Like, I mean, Acuna has been amazing. I mean, sure, Freeman is only batting like 220 but he's getting he he has more walks than strikeouts and I think he has six or seven home runs now like it's got to be a matter of time before this offense heats up the Osuna Osuna and Travis Denard and you know Ozzy Albies is batting under 200 like these guys got to heat up because these guys are too good of ball players right hell yeah Ozzy I like all the Braves I can't think of a Brave I'm not into offensively uh, they're all fantastic <laughs> a seriously Brave I'm not into they're all fun. Like, who on that team? You're like, uh, I mean, I don't love uh, Austin Riley, but he's been hitting some home runs. He's still mm-hmm. going to strike out a lot. I think the whole Braves offense should be the best offense in baseball, at least in the National League by the end of the year. They really should. It's a they, great roster. They were my World Series pick. Yeah, they, they were, they've were. they been on the brink as far as a team that's going for it all. So the problem for them will be pitching. But we're not... Focusing on baseball right now. We're looking at a fantasy perspective. So Dansby Swanson, bye, 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 all day long. If you want to move somebody, uh, would you rather have Marcus Simeon or Dansby Swanson? Ooh. That's tough, man. That's real tough. Let me try this one. What about Austin Meadows or Dansby Swanson? Austin Meadows. Really? Is that obvious? Yeah. He's off to a slow start too, though. He is. And, yeah, but I, I'm. Austin Meadows is not one of the guys who was on my risometer or whatever we're doing for May. It's not gonna be Austin. I'm not seeing it for him because these struggles continue with the strikeouts. Uh, the walk rates up a bit, but the strikeouts and he has had a weak BABIP that's way below his career norm. So maybe he is. Maybe he is due. Maybe. Uh, you know, the thing about this is I can really, I can be talked into a you lot can make, of changes. Yeah, you can make a case for any of these guys. That's the thing about it. I wanted, I wanted to limit it to certain types of players, but there's just a lot of guys who are struggling who will turn the corner. No one's going to have a terrible year all year long unless they had no talent <laughs> in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. So. It's just whether or not you're going to catch that guy right when, when the hot streak begins. I mean, you know, back to Marcus Simeon, he's five home runs and five stolen bases. That's really nice. George Springer coming back is going to help him. Yeah, absolutely. Tiasca Hernandez still on the COVID list. I don't it's, know what's going yeah, on. That's still going on, huh? It's been we're it, we're working on like three four weeks now. Yeah, I was checking on him today. I'm like, what's the deal? Is he back yet? Or, he's supposed to play in. I think he was coming back today. Actually, okay. I'll have to check the lineup on that because I wasn't. 
I've been busy all day working on this shit, but I got to tell you, Teoscar Hernandez is somebody that if he gets off to a slower start, you guys should jump on him as well because he's going to get the ball rolling. He crushes the ball. He's in a great lineup as well. Another great lineup guy that I know he'll strike out a bit, but I believe in what we saw last year, and I think he's got that double-digit 25-25 is something he could really do if he had a full season's work, which he hasn't, unfortunately. Uh, all right. I guess that's uh, Glaber Torres, I think, is a guy that will turn around as well. Agreed. It's going to be May for Glaber. I agree. Yeah, he's, his, he's, his plate discipline has been fine. He's walking a bunch. He's not striking out terribly too much. It's just there's been no power. It's been a complete power outage through April. I think uh, I think May he starts outage. to turn around. Yes. You're a smart guy. If people, if you guys think we're smart, then you should listen to us. We're not smart. <laughs> we're just regular Joes. If you think we're morons, send us in an email or a message. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, Facebook. Of course, our YouTube channel. You can always sub. We love getting new subscriptions and subscribers to our YouTube channel. Utah, give me two. Two L's, two Z's. God, there are so many guys that I want to pump up more, but I, I think I'm going to pump the brakes here because I don't, I don't want to cover all of them. But I'm okay. really excited for May. I think we're going to see a lot of guys tell you, I told you so. You know, they're going to stick two middle fingers up in the air and say, you guys were wrong about me. I'm a badass, and I'm going to show you how it's done. You know, it's these first four weeks of fantasy tend to be the most frustrating than, than any other weeks of fantasy because it's just like what's real and what's not. <laughs> and hopefully we were able to give a little <laughs> bit of insight into what we think was not real and might – might bounce back in May. Yeah, you know, the indicators for me are usually, like you said, real low BABIPs that aren't anything that doesn't look like it's at the career norms because they're also going to be exaggerated by the fact that it is a shorter mm-hmm. sort of shorter size. Yeah, yeah. Look, in, look into all those other ratios and stat casts, and if those numbers are similar, then that batting average should be better, that the home run rate should be better. And then also, like, with low RBIs and runs, it, it could be a thing like the Yankees that, like, just haven't gotten it going yet. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, a couple other names I'll just whiz by here quickly. Uh, don't forget that Alberto Mondesi is slowly, slowly getting closer to returning Who to cares? baseball. Who cares? Oh, Trade well, it's gonna, though. it's gonna. You say that now, but when you're in a league that you're going up against him, when he finally comes back and starts racking up the steals, they're gonna start climbing up the standings. He's got to get on base to do that. Yeah, he's got to get on base to do that. I don't believe he's gonna get on base enough. Well, you know that he will. Come on. No, it's not happening. He'll never get <laughs> I'll die on this hill, man. You are? If you're yeah. ready to die on this hill, the, oh, I'm dying you, on friend. the Montesi Hill. That It's not. No. no. Uh, Stolly Marte will be back from a, a rib injury. Apparently, it was not a side injury. It's an actual like crack of his rib by swinging. He's so powerful that he cracked his own rib. <laughs> uh, I hope this isn't a long-term deal, but if somebody is panicking, jump on the opportunity to trade for him. Yeah. He's going to be great when he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, shit, through 16 games, he had 15 runs. I mean, at the top of that Marlins lineup that, like, somehow, somehow the Marlins do it, man. It's it's amazing. I got guys like Corey Dickerson batting really well for them right now. Yeah. Jazz Chisholm, you know, you know it's a huge spark to their lineup when he came in, you know, and that's right when, you know, Marte kind of went down that Chisholm started heating up here, and uh, Marte's going to be a real big boost. Uh, yeah, Mike uh, Yaskremski went on the IL, so he's going to go down in terms of value. Not somebody I love, but just want to make you aware of that. If you want to target him, that's your own call. 
I love Marcus Simeon, like I said. I like what I'm seeing. He'll hit for better average, too, because he can't hit any worse. He's only he's basically got the bias thing going on, except he's walking a little bit more. Home runs and steals only. Mm. Uh, somebody asked me, is Joe Musgrove really this good? Yes, he really <laughs> is this good. Yeah, I think so. He is, right? Like he, I think he is this He's good. always I, had the talent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was just right time, right environment. Um, worst case scenario, he's like a high-end SP2 for you right now. Well, he was always hurt. Wasn't that the thing? Like there was always this whiff of talent and opportunity, but he was always hurt all the time. That was the bugaboo, right? Isn't that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so-so. I mean, it, it, I'm looking at his numbers here in 18. You know, he appeared 30, 38 games, started 15. In eight in, in eighteen, that's that's when he started getting some injuries. I mean, two thousand nineteen, he had thirty one starts, one hundred and seventy innings. He didn't get any run support there, but you know, and that ERA was a little elevated. But really, we started seeing what he could become next year, and now mm -hmm. it's just all coming to fruition for him. So yes, he is that good. Is he a top fifteen starting pitcher overall in fantasy right now? Yes, for the rest of the season. Uh, for the rest of the year, I'm asking rest of season. Like, would you trade him high, or do you really... He's on a great team. Like, why trade him? If he's got the stuff and he's on the proper squad, it all lines up for good times. Yeah. Doesn't it? Or you don't... You don't. I want you to tell me if you don't... I wouldn't trade... I mean, I wouldn't trade him. You wouldn't trade him? Okay. I, I would not... I mean, obviously, it depends what you're getting back for him, but, I mean, if you're trading him, you're trading him like a top 12 starting pitcher right now. And maybe, worst case scenario, he is top 20. And, that, and that's worst case scenario. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. then that's good news then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe it. I'm a Musgrove believer. I was a believer at the start of the season. I mean, I didn't think it would look this good this early, but he's not walking guys as much. His, his K rate has looked just like it did last year. You know, 155 ERA. Home runs are right on par, you know, as usual. I mean, left on base percentage is 95%. That's absurd right now, but he also threw a no-hitter. <laughs> Uh, Dylan Bundy's a guy that I I love. Dylan Bundy. Everybody knows. Chris knows. I love Mr. Bundy. Bundy's my guy. Uh, he's basically right about where his draft position preseason was expecting. He hasn't been amazing. He's been solid at times. Questionable at others. He had one double-digit strikeout game so far, I believe. Uh, but the thing is about him is I think you should buy into him because as long as he's still throwing that slider mm -hmm. like he should. Uh, last year, he threw the slider to lefties. 58 times this year he's only done it 10 times now he should he'll clearly eclipse the 58 but in terms of his percentage it's right around the same percentage so as long as he's still killing lefties with that slider and of course righties will always be fucked by it i'm expecting him to be he's never going to have that whip that's perfect like he's not going to be like a 102 whip or a 105 whip there's 110 whip right now it's probably rock solid i'll take that but he's going to give you a a lot of innings. He's durable. I don't expect him to get hurt, and mm -hmm. I expect him to be like your number two or three starting pitcher on your rotation. You know, what's also encouraging about him is his fastball's up two miles per hour, which is good. I mean, sure, it only yeah. sits at 92 now, but before it was like barely over 90, and sure, it's only two miles per hour up, but like you locate that thing on the outside corner, on the inside corner to righties or lefties, get some jam jobs, get it, you know, get some ground balls. <laughs> jam jabs. You know, he, he only, he's throwing it 44% of the time. Last year in a really successful season, he threw it 41% of the time. Career 53% fastball guy. 
like you just need that fastball to be efficient, efficient enough to get some weak contact and set up your other pitches. If he can get ahead of anybody, he gets to 01 or 02 on anybody. I mean, it, 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 I'm hard pressed to find another guy in the league that has a slider curveball changeup combination that he throws almost over 50% of the time between those three that is just lights out. There's not many guys in the league that can offer an arsenal of off-speed pitches that are that good that like this curveball 74 miles per hour. If you're throwing that after a fastball that's 92 miles per hour, you have a changeup that's 10 miles per hour more than that curveball sitting at 84. Like you're just changing speeds. Like this is a guy who could really, really be special, just changing speeds on you. I mean, you've seen it with a guy like Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox did not throw very hard, but he he changed speeds and hit the zone. So yep. Dylan Bundy for the month of May and moving on. Like, sure, that ERA will probably sit maybe a touch above four, but like the K rates there right now, he's going to strike some guys out. He, he's not going to be someone who walks out a bunch of people. He should be able to get a lot of swinging strikes with the stuff he has. So I, I, I like what he's done so far. He, he hasn't had too many blow ups. So like, he's kind of, like you said, he's right on par with kind of where he was drafted. <laughs> Good job, dearie. You are a genius. I love the explanation and we'll leave it there. There's going to be a great month of May for a lot of fun players, but just remember, always buy low and consider selling high. That's that's just a simple philosophy to live by. Of course, context means everything. Before we wrap it up, I'm going to ask you, tomorrow, first streamer, would you rather have Kikuchi, Kwang Hyung Kim, or Dylan Cease? What are the matchups? Oh, Dylan Cease against the Tigers. Dylan Cease. Well, Kim would be against the Phillies, and Kikuchi is against the Astros, I assume. I'll have to double-check that one, but... Okay. Uh, you don't still cease. think it's cease? Don't cease. I'm yeah. just I'm just going matchup alone. Okay. Uh you know, I Dylan Cease, uh he's a work in progress still. The Tigers are not good though. I know that Miggy got fired up. He would he got called out. The Tigers were accused of stealing signs by the White Sox in the in the game. Who cares? Yesterday? It's part of the game, man. Steal signs. Do it. It's what right. you do. But Mickey got pissed, and I kind of dug it. I kind of liked it. He responded. He's like, fuck this shit. You know, it's funny. uh, Out of those three pitchers, I'd probably like Cease the the least out of them, you know, for a fantasy option for the full season. But as a stream, Dylan Cease is probably the best option. (sighs) The Phillies have talent, but they actually can be not so great at times. I mean, they got shut down by Adam Wainwright the other day, so... Quang Young Kim came off the IL. He's ready to rock. And I actually like him in this matchup. It's also a day game. So the Phillies are, you know, they're doing an early day game in Missouri. And then they're getting the hell out of St. Louis. They might be like, you know, it's getaway day. I got to get the fuck out of here. Who cares? So is there this, could be like a random home run. But Is this Kim's first start from back from the DL? No, it's his second. His first one, he had uh, eight strikeouts, I believe. It was a nice little start in his okay. return. For Yeah, it was a, uh, well, he started two games so far this year. And he's been striking out. Fools like a motherfucker. Well done, Mr. Kim. Uh, actually, I was okay, not last, a big fan of his whatsoever. Okay, last so. outing, he went five and two-thirds. His first, first start, three. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I just wonder, like, how deep he's going to go into the game. I think it's probably six innings tops. Well, I think he can give you good ratios, and he can get, he'll go long enough where if the win's in play, it will be done. So, yeah. okay. Dylan Cease is very talented. Oh, here he is. Chaz showed up. Chaz, what's up, buddy? Sub our YouTube channel. We love you. Woohoo! Chance sample in the house. All the way from fucking Alaska. 
too. What is it like noon over there? <laughs> yeah, noon. Dude, Alaska. We have reached Alaska, dude. This is a big moment for the Blazo podcast. That's, that's almost international. I know. I've never been to Alaska. You've never been to Alaska. That's incredible. Chaz, thank you so much for uh, supporting the show and asking us questions. Chaz wants to know, when looking at matchups to pick up a pitcher, what should I look at? Mm. And Oh, he says it's 6.53, a local Alaskan time. Okay, four hour, four hour difference. Not bad. Uh, well, Deary just said look at the matchup on a surface level, but when I look at a streaming matchup or if I'm going to start a pitcher or not on a daily league, I will look at uh, how the other team's been playing over the last 10 games. And what's the strikeout potential? Like, do they strike out a lot? Are they like the Angels where they don't strike out much? Um, that's basically it because the rest of it's a crapshoot. You could start digging and digging and digging and <laughs> yeah. drive yourself crazy, but it's not too complicated, right? What do you do? No, I mean, I look at look at their last couple starts and just see how deep they've gone into games. You know, if, if you know, a guy like Jesus Lazardo went 114 pitches one inning and then his next start was even better in that next start, but he only went 65 pitches. So... I tend to look at the last couple of starts and how many how many pitches they threw. I don't care about the innings. It's more about pitches in, in yeah. my mind. Um, how the other team is playing. Um, the park they're playing in is is very, yes. very important. Very good. Um, I also it, look at their career against like a like there's fun things like versus the team or actually how they play at that particular park. You can look that up on Baseball Reference, and I will look that up sometime. Yeah, if it's a righty or lefty, look at what the potential lineup would be for the other team. And, and historically, if if they go kind of the, the righty-lefty matchups or if they'll just go with left-handers against the lefty, not even care about it. So there's a, there's enough information out there where you don't have to dig too deep. But more than anything, just kind of go with your gut. Absolutely. That's a great question, Chaz. Thanks so much for asking that. And we hope whoever you choose that it goes well. Let us know who you ended up choosing. Is it Kim, Cease, or Kikuchi, and let us know how it went, dude. Because I think Kikuchi's a great pitcher, but it's at Houston. But if there's no Jordan Alvarez, because he sat out today, then it might be might be a decent matchup. You never fucking know. And also, if it's daytime, that stuff does matter. If it's like a day game on a Thursday or a Monday, clearly, Lucas Giolito, it mattered a lot for him when he got shelled by the Red Sox last week on Patriots Day. So think about those things when you're doing this stuff. And Chad says, is there a stat I should look at? Because this is my first year paying attention to baseball. Okay. Well, kudos to you again, man. That's so cool. His league is set up as a two-pitcher, two, what is that? Two for each inning pitch? I think it's like two points for each innings pitch, maybe. Maybe oh. it's a points league. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a points league. Sorry. So that's where it's you, uh, that's where you, like, you know, a Kim that, you know, my concern would be that he's only started twice this year, three innings in his first one, five and a third in his second one. Well, that's maybe where Kikuchi comes into play then. he'll. Mm-hmm. I think he'll go, he has a leash that's longer of the three of those, probably, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so think about Kikuchi then and points league. See, this is why context matters. You guys can ask us standard broad form questions, but when these little details will determine your outcome, we got to know the difference. All right, we've done it. It's a Plano podcast for a Wednesday. We hope it's going to be a great May. We're really excited. I know it's going to be May. We're going to have a barbecue. It's going to be May. We're going to have a great time. Uh, actually, I haven't seen you in person. When's the last time I saw you in person? I don't remember. August. Was it? When was that? What did we do? Our birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank I think you. that was the last time I saw you. It was August. I, I'm, I'm sure that's true. Things have changed. But, hey, I'm almost there. One more shot, and I'm fully vaccinated. So good times are coming again. Wait. Don't forget that me and Deer are here for you Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We'll be back on Friday with Aaron Pegg's Fantasy Triage, at Fantasy Triage on Twitter. 
Aaron is a master of relief pitching. He knows everything there is to know about it. And we're going to talk with him on Friday. It's our first guest in a while, so we welcome him with open arms. And we hope you will all join us Friday Night Live. Me, Deary, and Aaron talking fantasy baseball. Get your questions in. Submit them. Tweet at us. <laughs> you don't have to just privately message us. You can tweet at us. Me and Deary at MJ Govier, G-O-V's and Victor I-E-R, or Chris Deary at C Deary 1999. That's Deary as in Dearly Beloved. Tweet at us your questions and we can answer them together in public in real time. Won't that be fun? My favorite part of the show is when we get questions. I love it, yeah, because it helps us think about our own teams too. It's it's a benefit to everybody when we can extrapolate things further. So don't forget. We appreciate your time and energy. Thank you so much. I will see you on Friday night, just like Deary will. Until then, keep your head up. Akil Badu, his father's from Ghana, is all I want to say to you. Akil Badu, his walk-off winners, his innocence is tried and true. Akil Badu inspires us all, is all I want to say to you. Akil Badu, rookie of the year, the meaning is not lost on us here. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> this is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.